y'all. Hey, what's going on out there? How y'all doing today? All right, welcome to Let's Talk on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Talk in the House. All right, man, I tell you, do we have a show for you today. And uh, (laughs) I don't even know where to start, man. After so much that's been going on here the last few um, days, I tell you, there's a lot to talk about. And um, I don't know how... (laughs) I don't even know where to begin, but we're going to try. We're going to try. Uh, once again, I am Mr. Talk. I'm your host. And let me tell you how you can be a part of the show today. Uh, the first way is call me. That's the easiest and the easiest way. No, just give me a call, 347-838-8622. Uh, you can email me at ericletstalk at gmail.com. You also can um, log into our um, chat room at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mr. Talk. Uh, and you can also shoot me an email during the show at ericletts, L-E-T-S, talk at gmail.com. Those are all the ways you can participate in the show, and I look forward to hearing from um, each and every one of you because your opinion and your comments do matter. Uh, you know, before I came on the show, man, I tell you, I was just sitting back and, and thinking about the the, the, the difference um, things that has have happened over the last few days, well, the last week, and man, I tell you, it, it, it's as I was talking to a friend earlier today. It's I'm, I'm not going to say depressing, but it's saddening. It it really is. It, it's saddening. Uh, from if you take a look at the political um, landscape that we're living in to the social landscape, man, I tell you, if I didn't know any better, I would really think that we are in trouble. <laughs> you know, as as a society, not just black, white, um, Latino, Hispanic, uh, whatever you want to call it. We're just in trouble completely, man. Um, you know, and it's amazing at how the different um, scenarios change from one uh, second to the other. I mean, let's take a look at this. Let's let's really take a look at this. Um, we have a shooting, a road race shooting in New York. Okay. Well, a guy gets out of his car, walks up and, and and starts punching a guy in the car who happens to be an off-duty police officer who pulls out his weapon and shoots him. Okay. Then we have the Baton Rouge situation. Black man outside of a convenience store selling CDs. Um, someone calls in. Police show up. A um, struggle ensues. And there's a black man dead. Then there's Minnesota. Well, get pulled over for a broken tail light, and one thing leads to another. Officer pulls out his weapon and fires and shoots the man in his arm, and the guy dies, another black man. So then you have the Hillary Clinton mess going on. Republicans. They're not happy with um with the the uh, final decision of, of the FBI Justice Department to let Hillary Clinton say Hillary not indict Hillary Clinton. So they have a a um 
impromptu emergency session to grill the uh, FBI director about why he came to the decision he came to. <laughs> you know, and, and the interesting part about this thing is it didn't have to do anything. It did not have to do with anything with Loretta, Loretta Lynch and Bill Clinton meeting on the airport tournament. It didn't have anything to do to that, with that. It didn't have to do with um, whether she was guilty or not. It didn't have anything to do with that. It didn't. What it had to do with was partisan politics. That's what it had to do with. Even though the Republicans are not happy with Donald Trump, this was an opportunity to go after Hillary Clinton with everything they had, which they've been trying to do for the longest. Okay? The bottom line is this. There were other precedents set already as far as email and servers and things of that nature. They had already been set. And the FBI director, he was correct. No um, um, prosecutor in his right mind would have um, indicted Hillary Clinton because you would have to have gone back and indicted others as well. Which, which basically are on both sides of the aisle. And a lot of them are held in high esteem within the political community. So for them to hold another so-called um, hearing just wasted our tax dollars again. But in the same token, there's a gun bill that's on the floor right now that is basically dead. You know, uh, as far as um, those on the watch terror watch list being able to um, being on the no fly list being able to um, have access to weapons. So, <laughs> you know, and. It's amazing that they wasted all that time yesterday grilling. And, and you can see it was partisan. The Democrats sat there and they praised the FBI director and, you know, made it as uh, kindly as they can, apologize for him be there. While the Republicans tried to grill him with the same questions over and over again, just said in different ways. And, you know, everybody, well, they really, no, they just asked the same questions over and over. They just rephrased them. That's what they did. So um, while you have that going on, then uh, you have peaceful protests um, last night in Dallas, which turned out to be not so peaceful as the police officers were targeted by uh, a young man that said he was tired of the cops shooting black folk and he wanted to kill all white people, which is amazing. Have, Have you figured out the last few shootings? It's amazing how just before... The, the persons that, that's doing the shooting um, die, they have so much to say as to why they're doing it. And I'm not, a, uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm not associated with anyone or I pledge allegiance to this or pledge allegiance to that. You know, before when you had long government, they, they just died. <laughs> you know, you just didn't know. But now it's amazing. We, we are beginning to have um, individuals that can talk before they die, but they do die. They are killed, from what we are told. Interesting. It's an interesting um, dynamic, to say the least. And there was another dynamic that happened last night that I don't know how many people really paid attention to. But let's really look at this. 
you have a whole lot of people out there protesting the police and the brutality and the uh, the the unfair killings of black people and Hispanics and what have you. But when bullets start to fly, who did they depend on to protect them? <laughs> the police. Isn't that just amazing? Isn't it amazing? And now, um, just before I came on the air, I was reading where there's supposedly uh officer was shot in Baltimore, Maryland. So let's take a look at this in, in, in a big picture. Um, go all the way back to Orlando. I told y'all before, usually when shootings happen in this country, they happen in multiples. They, they never just happen once and stop. It's always a multiple um, action that, that's going to happen. And once again, here's proof that it, it has happened. It is. It's proof that it's happened. Welcome to the show, 1441. Glad you can join us. Um, you know, and, you know, looking at it, you had um, Pulse, the Pulse nightclub in Orlando, where everybody was up in arms about bathroom use and the gay agenda. Then you have the shooting, you know, then you have the shooting. And all of a sudden, um, gays, lesbians, the LBGQ, whatever, TRS, uh, VUV, whatever, um, are now victims. <laughs> okay, that's just a coincidence, right? Just a coincidence. Then you had the rhetoric about gun control. Okay, just convenience, you know, whatever. Now you have black men being shot and killed again. So now once again... You had the African-American community up in arms about um, young black men being shot and killed. And it's to the point where they're being shot and killed right in front of their families and friends and things like that. Now we have uproar. But wait a minute. Let's change the narrative once again. So let's start having our officers shot at and make them victims as well. And if you listen to the media reports, the worst um, attack on, on law enforcement since 9-11. That's what they're saying. Since 9-11. Well, um, excuse me, but when was 9-11 an attack on law enforcement? Number one. Okay. When was that? Did, did, I mean, was that an attack on law enforcement? I thought that was an attack on um, America itself. And, and the reason why I'm bringing this all up do you see the narrative that's being done here? How just one or two incidents that can happen can change the narrative and the thought process of people around the country. The same folk that's out there that was out there protesting, protesting the police, the law law enforcement are the same ones that depended on them to save their lives. Now, whether they realize or not, probably not, you know, it's instinctive. It's instinctive, but it happened. So what does that tell us? What does that really tell us? I'll tell you. It tells us that all this other crap is just non-important nonsense that we, we continue to fall prey for. Yes, don't get it wrong. Don't get it wrong. There's nothing... There's nothing right about the way law enforcement in some cities are, are killing young black men, okay? There's no yes or no good thing about that, all right? Let's be honest. 
But in the instance of the shooting last night in Dallas, it's amazing how we forget about all what we have against each other and come to start working together to make some things um, happen. Yes, we know there are some officers that lost their lives, and apparently there were some victims also. But all the the the, the um, I'm 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 not going to say hate. All the bitterness that was going on between the two parties seemed to go away when there was a common goal, which was to save each other's life, save their own lives. The dynamic is this: if in time of crisis you can depend on each other, then. Why is it so hard for us to come together now when there's no um, tragedy or whatever going on? Why is it so hard for us to work together to make this a better place completely? It has been shown that it is possible. Last night showed that it was possible. The protesters and the police department, law enforcement, worked together to save each other's lives, to make sure each other was safe. But when the smoke clears, once again, one's on this side of the fence, the other one is on this side of the fence. You have friends over here, you have friends over there. And once again, we're at each other's neck. Why? Why? Yes. It is true. Contrary to what many uh, um, so-called consciousness people will have you believe, that all uh, all law enforcement are bad, no, that is not the case. I have a lot of former soldiers that are in law enforcement, okay? And I know good and well they are, they uphold what they, they do, all right? I know this. We have a tendency of letting others lead us by the nose and instead of stopping and saying wait a minute we jump in full force and we are out there and running and we're protesting and we're kicking let's call for something to boycott let's boycott well what are we going to boycott what are African Americans going to boycott Ricky Smiley. I like Ricky Smiley. Mickey Smiley. Ricky Smiley say, well, he dare all athletes to step off the basketball court, step off the football field. Oh, that's good to say. It sounds good. The only problem is they're under contract by someone else. They are. To put it plainly, they're owned by someone else. They cannot just step off the field. And, so what are we going to boycott? If we boycott certain businesses, then what are we going to do? Do we have the businesses in our own communities to support a boycott if we decide to boycott? I'm just saying. So... You know, it's interesting. Um, it's interesting at, at the, the, the things that's going on and uh, around this country right now, and the, the rhetoric that's going on. You know, instead of 
trying to find fault in everything, I think we need to stop for a moment and just sit back and, and think and really think how we can really change uh, the dynamic or the, the the narration that's going on in this in this country. <laughs> um, out of the chat room, I got um, guest fourteen forty one saying because we live in a system that doesn't foster that type of interaction, Mister Talk. White supremacy is the system of this world. You can't get around it. You can't ignore it. And only an awakening on a global scale can stop it. That's the only way, one person at a time. White supremacy permeates every aspect of every living soul's life without exception. Okay. I can't even argue with that. Those are some very valid points, guess, 1441. Those are some very valid points. I can't even argue with that. And then we have the issue of the Second Amendment. Which is very interesting because you have this constitutionalist say, well, you know, we have the right to bear arms, but it seems like every time a black man said he has a weapon, he ends up in, in the grave somewhere. Hmm. So we're, we're taking what um, the comments in my chat room is saying, does that mean once again, that if a black man has a weapon, he's not allowed to have one. The Second Amendment does not um, is, is not uh, for them. Then you can go back to the to the old argument um, that I've often used and others have used that that thing they call the Constitution is not for black people. It was never written for black people. But then you have those others out there say that's not true. That's not true. You live under it every day. You are you have the same rights as anyone else. Well, maybe. However, some actions don't support those thoughts. They don't. They don't support those thoughts. I don't know. I don't know. You know, as I said before, when I came on the air, I was just you know, my mind is racing because I'm just, I don't want to use the word shocked. I don't want to say shocked, but, you know, it's just how quickly the narrative can change. It really is. Now, some would say, well, maybe that's a conspiracy, you know, that is done purposely. Maybe. But dang. And you know maybe this is another another um, attempt to get gun control passed. But let's be honest, gun control is not going to solve this issue of shootings. That's not going to work. You know you have too many black market gun dealers out there, weapon dealers that that, <laughs> that get their hands on weapons and sell them to whoever they want to, the highest bidder. So that's not going to work. It was shown last night that in time of need, I don't care how much protesting you're doing against the law enforcement when bullets are flying, you are, you are depending on them to protect you. It's amazing that after the bullets were flying, no one wanted to protest then, did they? Huh. So, and that goes to show that there is the possibility of working together. 
There is. But who's going to take up the mantle and, and lead that? Or, here's another thought, or is there, is this the beginning of the civil war slash revolution that many have been saying is, a, is upon, is about to happen? Has it come upon us now? Is that what we're witnessing, the beginning of another um, change in America? Who knows? But there's definitely a need for change. I know somebody, uh, if I remember correctly, somebody ran on that, that, that platform, didn't they? Change and hope. We got change. We must admit, we did get change. But it took away the hope, the type of change I'm talking about. The change, the change we got was not a good change. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So y'all talk to me. Y'all tell me what y'all think about what's going on because I'm, you know, I'm really a loss for words. Um, the lines are open, 347-838-8622. Okay? Those are the, hey, let me know what you're thinking because I want to know. Um, I got more comments coming out of the chat room. It says, Americans are the most armed citizenry in the world. We see how that's working. Notice that both victims of, of the people were in states where you have concealed carry laws. That is correct. So they are laying that argument to rest. Police, I mean, people equal police violence. Mm. Arm yourself. Arming yourself doesn't make you any safer. Just gives you a better opportunity to shoot someone. That will, great points. Great, great, great points. Great points. <laughs> so, and you know what? Here's here's another question. I'm, I'm glad that was mentioned. Here's another question. I wonder how many of those protesting last night in Dallas because Dallas is a um. Uh, carry state and you can you know carry on your hip and you know host or what have you how many of those individuals were armed last evening but when the when lead started flying they didn't even think about putting their weapons out <laughs> they depended on the the the, pol- the law enforcement to help them <laughs> that's an interesting thought huh I just thought I'd just bring that up because it is a very interesting dynamic that happened. Um, so, anyway, enough of me babbling because I know y'all tired of listening to me. So, let me bring these two callers in right here. I have um, Mr. Michigan and I have um, Erico 404, Mr. Wesley, if I'm not mistaken. All right, welcome to the show, Jim. And how y'all doing today? What's going on, brother? What's going on, brother? Hey, let me throw this out there, man. Lee Harvey Oswald, uh, Sirhan Sirhan, uh, uh, Michael Johnson. Uh, the name goes on. What do you have in common, man? I don't know, Wesley. What did they have in common? They're always in a major event and always in this long shooter shit, man. And people be falling for that, man. Okay, and this last cat, man, is here, Michael Johnson, man. Like you said, man, they can put your picture up, Mr. Talk, uh, do some crazy shit, and next thing you know, here they go, they say you did something, man. You see what I'm saying? 
Yeah, well, that's the that's what that's the the, the, the lovely part about mass media. It can happen like that. Yeah, you saw this one brother that he was walking around with his uh, rifle, and uh, he had a permit. And then they start posting this picture, man, saying he was one of the shooters. Did you hear about that story? I've been looking at that, yeah. And then I was just looking at him and his brother when all the thing happened. They went to the police and said, we ain't had nothing to do with it. Here go our papers. We want to help y'all. And then him and his brother ended up being uh, interrogated, man. Hmm. So there was somebody out there that was armed, man. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's the whole thing is a joke, man. All it is is uh, uh, it's called clown theater, man, where they create the chaos, and then they come through with some more security laws, man. All right? Because the people have peace of protest, man. And so what they do, they send another a psyops. It's called psyops military operation, man, where where they get one cat to do some stupid stuff or something like Man, they can spray paint themselves black, all right, I saw this, man, where they got stuff where they can make this a white cat, change it to a black cat, and do some stupid stuff, and then they blame it on somebody black, man. See, I look at all behind, the whole behind the scenes. I don't go for what they just do show on television. I do research on this crap, man. All right. Well, well thank let you. Me, let, me, let me jump in there. Yeah, yeah uh, go ahead. What's up, y'all? I, you know, I don't, I don't know about the um, what the brother Wesley's talking about, so I ain't gonna speak on that. Um, but I tell you what, man, I really just wanted to check out the show to see how many, you know, when you know if you get into a fight and somebody slap you in your damn face, and you change the conversation to talk about what the weather gonna be about. So I just wanted to kind of get, take a pulse of the people that called in to see, because, you know, they love to change the subject to talk about uh, carry concealed and gun laws. But remember, we at this uh, same place that we find ourselves at all too often, and it's about the state. Uh, gunning down another brother. Now, if and 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 black folk, we love to go for the okie doke. So the black talk show also changed the subject to talk about gun laws. I mean, if that ain't the most cowardice move, now this is my opinion. So if anybody you know feeling like I'm calling them a coward, well, that's on you. But if we don't you know, talk about this subject directly and head on and still waiting to conspiracy theory shit, you know, that is not me. Again, we at the same familiar place, right? And it ain't mm-hmm. about conspiracy theories. It ain't about gun buybacks. It ain't about carry concealed. It's about the damn state gunning down. Now, I don't know who that is. Uh, gunning okay, down another I'm, brother, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Gunning mm-hmm. down another brother. Now let's see, let's let's see what direction the show goes in. Uh, we'd be probably talking about lollipops within the next forty-five minutes. But go ahead. 
Go ahead, brother. It's really sad, man. I mean, it's, it's a sad situation, yeah. man. It's, 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 I it's, agree. It's, we, we're going to have to deal with this, man. And I think, you know, what we got to do, Mr. Talk, at some point, man, we gotta we gotta look this 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 matter door in the face, man. This this is not an American issue. It's not a. This is an issue of the relationship and the value of black life as it relates to the state. Hmm. If we want to talk about foliage clovers and changes, you know, well, the facts ain't in. Let us wait till the facts come in. You know. All this faggot stuff, right? <laughs> I mean, at some point, okay. man, we have to deal with this shit. Yeah. But anyway, okay. uh, I'll let you, let you go ahead and bring somebody that. else in, man. I'm getting pissed off, and I know we there's certain words and shit we ain't supposed to say on your show. So go ahead and let somebody else talk, man. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you know what? You bring up some very, very good points there, Michigan. And, you know, the question is, I mean, I agree with you, but the question is, how do we go about um, confronting this thing, and what is this thing that we're confronting? Well, you said it, but you know, I think we need to be a little bit more specific uh, when um, talking about it. But let me welcome the Yankee to the show. Oh, what do you say, Eric? Okay, hello. How you doing? Hi, man. Hey, 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 I'm gonna tell you something, man. I'll, go ahead, go ahead. I, I'll hang up this damn phone. I don't want to hear this. Bombing an ass nigga speak. Go ahead, man. Oh, uh, uh, all right. Go ahead. Man, you go need ahead. to take your old ass. Right. Go all right. All right. I'm talking about what we going to do. Let's have a conversation. Let's have a conversation. All right. <laughs> all right. So what you got to add on um, Yankee? Well, Eric, a lot of things have happened. Yeah, okay. I agree. But what things are the you talking about? The two incidents with the police officers was mm-hmm. outright murder. Okay. And it should be looked at it like that. Mm-hmm. You know, for the best of me, I still can't understand why come a city like Baton Rouge, and it's not the only one, has a police True. department that's 70% black, 70% white. And the same thing with the fire department, too. And, you know, actions like that are carried out by police. And there are infiltrators in the police that's representing organizations that hate black. When you have actions like that carried out, they need to be charged also with a hate crime. I see where the state of Louisiana governor passed a Blue Lives Matter bill where if you uh, initiate action against the police, you can also be charged with a hate crime. Well, it's totally ridiculous, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. and you know, you yourself and others and you know that uh, get back to the cop in in Minnesota. Yeah, had an act, activist uh. a couple of years earlier had complained about that town, uh, and also 
one of the police officers that he had came involved with. I think this was a white person. And he had made mention, and I'll put the link in your chat room if I can find it again, how that the police officer that he came in contact with sounded nervous and distressed and that they have a large, being a small town, number of citations based on traffic quote-unquote violations which is a problem so okay another thing that you might want to tell your young people and yourself too if you got a driver's license insurance card registration card concealed carry permit take a picture of those on your cell phone or put them on a piece of copy of paper and copy them and have that paper above your sun visor. And when you're faced with an interaction from a traffic stop, rather than having to reach for your wallet, just hand them that paper. It has all the information on it. You don't even have to let the window down. Just crack it down, slip the paper where they can get it. Or if you want to, let them have your cell phone. I wouldn't do that, though. And you think that that is uh, one solution that will stop all of the so-called killing shootings? Are you there? Okay. I guess you're not alone over there. You know, <laughs> I've seen I've seen some. Okay, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Are you here? <laughs> I don't know. You went blank on me. I was asking, is, is that going to stop all the me? shooting? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yeah, I said, no, what it would do would remove the excuse that police officers use when they say thought you was going for your weapon when you're going for your wallet, especially when you're sitting there in the car seat. Hmm. Okay. All right, that that's one possible solution. But in the case of, of the guy in Baton Rouge, he was on the ground already. So how well, do you get murder. around that? Ain't nothing you're going to do about that unless you had some more people standing around with uh, with legal guns that should have shot the cop because he was committing a murder. And Baton Rouge hmm. being a concealed carry state, open carry also, their first encounter with him was to ask him did he have a weapon on him and does he have a license to have it. Supposedly some homeless mm-hmm. person called in on him from what I heard on the news. And that's mm-hmm. another thing. When you have people, and the same thing with Tamir Rice, uh, that cop that came down on Tamir Rice in Cleveland, he had just been... Well, he was about to be fired from his last job because of incompetence, and he resigned and ended up over in Cleveland. You're talking about the, and, the police officer? Yeah, the police officer shot the 12 okay. or 14-year-old yeah. in Cleveland. You remember yeah. that incident? Yeah, That's another 12, thing. Yeah. You should have – there should be a national registry. When you get rid of a police officer, there should be a national registry that their name go in. So the next – possible potential municipality that they try to hire on to would know exactly 
who they getting involved in. Because why would you want to hire somebody who is already subjected a municipality to millions of dollar lawsuits? Who wants to pay that? Mm. Well, so like uh, your other two previous callers have solutions, and they and and they're too old to be doing what they do. But that's another problem. You got old ass adults that act like kids and don't have no solutions because if they had solutions, some of the problems that exist in the community, like not having training programs in order to prepare African-American students in the high school for law enforcement. And we don't want to leave fire department off the table neither because you see this type of discrimination going on in the firehouses too. There should be programs in the high school that prepare African-American students for the medical, emergency medical services courses. Wait a minute. That's hold a prerequisite hold on, hold of being on, hired. Wait a minute. Wait That's a, minute, a solution. Yeah. But what does, that have to, what does that have to do with um, the, the American, uh, African-Americans being shot and killed? Well, if, like I said earlier, with Baton Rouge, where the police department is 70% white, you need more black police officers there. Not to say that they don't do wrong things. But we're talking about an economic issue now. An economic mm. issue. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I understand what you're saying, but I, when you said that, the first thing that's what we try to do around that, here. Was, was Dorner back in California when he decided to, to, to tell the truth about what was going on in LAPD? And, uh, you know, you see what he was forced to go to. So. I don't see well, how you've the, had, the, you uh, know. you've had you've had many uh, police officers being interviewed on when showing up on Facebook being interviewed by by Fox News. The last one I seen this one black woman who was totally disgusted about the action of what she's seen in those two cases. And as I said before, with the advent of the technology we have today, called uh, the ability to record on cell phones, we're able to see these things. But how about the decades before this technology became into fruition? When people used to complain about this stuff and people would say, oh, man, that ain't going on. Well, we have to take a look at the people that were complaining, the ones that said it wasn't going on. Once again, I go back to the LAPD with Dorner. You know, once he decided to come forward, you, you see what happened to him. He was vilified, you know, um, until he he just snapped and did what he did and ended up, you know, being burnt alive and killed, however you want to look at it. Um, and then in, in, you know, support, there were other officers that actually quit that force, um, you know, and, and came out and said, yes, what he was saying was true. Now, well, you so know, we had a... We say, can we say that um, this is more than just limited to a certain departments, and that maybe, just maybe, it's a systemic uh, problem within law enforcement that is now really, truly beginning to come to light, and and everybody's well, yes, beginning I, to. I've what said the problem that is? countless. Yeah, I've said that countless, countless times. FBI reports have came out and revealed the infiltration of these type of groups, individuals in the police departments across the country, even was so in the military. You know, we had an incident here in St. Louis 
where we had a police officer who was released from St. Louis City because of a gun infraction. His name was Charles Hubbard. He ended up in in Pagedale, and he got in an altercation with a black youth, put a gun in his mouth, and killed him. Well, of course, you know, they go through all that rigmarole about not being found guilty and everything, but Paisdale fired him. He tried to go over to mm-hmm. Kenlock. So I grew up, as a matter of fact, Ray Higgins had just came here to St. Louis around that time. We showed up mm-hmm. at the, the meetings in Kenlock and said, no, you don't hire this man. They didn't. He went to another district, another town. We showed up there and said, no, you don't hire this man. Finally, we ran him clean out of Missouri, and he ended up in uh, in Illinois. But since then, he's came back. He's in Pine Line now, and I understand he's got like five kills under his belt. But Pine Line is all black town, which is corrupt. The marriages went to jail because they were shaking down Arab stores, which is another problem. Okay. So citizens got to do know- what they need to do. Okay. You know what? Uh, that's an interesting um, um, statement you just made. Citizens need to do what they they need to do. And the question is, what is that? Um, many people say, well, you know, since all this happened, now is the perfect time to, to have an open dialogue. And, but we've been doing that. Haven't, haven't we been talking and talking and talking? So what what other options do we have? You can't boycott because we don't have any we we don't have anything worth boycotting. Okay, we I mean let's be honest, boycotting is not going to work. It may work. Well, you it may changes. work for first. You have changes, days, but that's, that's it. You have a lot okay, of changes so how do you coming change about. This? Absent huh? of Chicago and New York, towns like Baton Rouge, small towns. We have about three municipalities here all black, 99% black, that dissolved the police department because it was all white nearly, and they kept on doing the things that was upsetting the citizenry. So they dissolved them, and they formed what's known now as the North County Cooperative, which is ran by black, has black uh, police officers, and also have young black recruits that's working for the force. That there is better the economic economic situation uh, and also uh, doing things that's better to have a better relationship and hopefully to get away from some of this uh, stuff that they're doing to citizens. Okay. All right. But anyway, well, I'm going to let you get yep. back to your other characters. I'll still here yeah, uh-huh. if you need me for right. uh, some more recommendations. <laughs> okay. Thank you, thank you. All right, Wesley Young. Yeah, you got to do something with that noise, Wesley. That noise is irritating. Oh, I got to, you hear me now? You hear me now? It's not better. Yeah, I can. Hear you. Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. All right. Hey, you said something about boycott. Don't don't. You don't think it's gonna be a good, effective tool in the toolbox, right? But look, right. man. We, we, all we can do one thing: just take our money out of Bank of America and Wells Fargo, find a a, a black credit union, a black bank. I think that will make a major dent. Into this evil system, man. Just that one thing, okay. man. Move your money. Move your money from the from from the white folks' bank. Put in your own bank. Hmm. Put it in your own bank, huh? Yes, sir. That's what I did in Georgia, man. I put my money out of Wells Fargo 
and put it in a bank called Citizen Trust Bank. They've been established since uh, 1900, man. Uh-huh. A black bank in Atlanta. That's who I bank with, man. They might have not, not enough branches everywhere, but that's fine with me. You know what I mean? That's what, uh, that, that, what's the dude name? Uh, Usher, Killer Mike, them. They, they move their money to the uh, Citizen Trust Bank, man. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we move all our money out of the, the so-called establishment banks, put them in the black banks, and then what? Where are we gonna still? Where are we gonna spend our money at, though? So what? Say that again. Where? What now? I said so. So where are we gonna spend our money then? Okay, we've taken it out of the, the establishment bank. We have placed our money in the black banks. Now, okay, so we've done that. So the question is, you taking your money out of the bank, but you still got home loans and things like that through those banks. What are you gonna do then? Then you move your mortgage to. To the black banks, man. I mean, it's just a step, it's a process, man. You step, you, you do all your business. Try to find a black company, man. You get on it's a, uh, the black yellow pages and a couple of other black uh, uh, directories where all kind of black businesses is, is all registered, man. Uh, we had this conversation before, I think, with that lady named Miss Lady Renee. Now. You you know you know um P, I mean I'm sorry you know what Wesley that sounds really really good in theory but <laughs> you know I just, I don't know Wesley because even though if you move your bank I mean move your bank move your money move your mortgage you still have to go out there and spend your money in the economy somewhere. Sir, I just said, Correct. man, you ever heard of the Mata Network, man? Oh, you, you got, it's take, going to take some effort, man. Okay, because see me, I don't deal with can't, won't, and don't, man. For every uh, situation or problem, yeah. the, the solution but, to come to you, man. But, but in the meantime, how is that going to stop the, the shooting and killings of our young black men? I, number one, once you start hitting these folks in the pocketbook, man, money talk BS walk. Okay, because number one, you know, alcohol and guns make a skid, punk, cow, man, brave. All right? So if you just start moving your money, man, stop spending your money with these folks, man. All right? That's the only, that's the only, the only thing going to change is this whole situation. Either we start taking them out, eyeball for eyeball, or you stop moving your money with them, man. That's the only thing. Two things don't 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 show these folks, man. Money, or you gonna meet they, 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 them, you gonna meet their force with more force. All right, we ain't got the force and no arms to do nothing. So we better you start using your money as your weapon, dog. That's the only thing to stop, man. Using your money, or you meet their force with more force. So. Which one? Which one is how y'all gonna do? Simple as that, bro. Use force with more force. Okay. All right. That's that's an interesting uh, concept. <laughs> that's Use a long force with more force. Yeah, that's well, a long that's, man. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, Wesley. I don't know. Because they're trying to get Walter to start a race war, man. That's the whole objective, man. That's why they they put that little uh, uh, little clown up there, that little Michael Johnson, and say, talking about what he said, 
and all that to try to start a race war. That's the whole objective, man. You say they want to start one. Don't you you think one is already going on? Yeah, but they want it so it could be openly real worse than what it is now, man. Okay, now you just got the police running around. You just got the police running around about the people. Well, I was about to say, Wesley, how how can you say it's not open now? I mean, how much more open can it be besides, you know, just walk around just punching somebody in the face? Well, I'm sorry, there's nobody punches more. You know, just shoot, just walk up to someone and just shoot them. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, right? that one, one of them police that killed that man in Baton Rouge, they got pictures of him and his clan outfit and his Nazi uniform. Doing the high Hitler uh, salute. Well, okay. <laughs> so I mean, you got to leave force with force, man. I mean, huh? I, I mean, I, I understand that. I understand that. You know, and it, it's amazing how the, all these pictures come up after the fact. Some of them, you know. Uh, yeah, but, I agree with you on that, man. How these pictures it, come is up? It me, is it me, or is everyone else just tired of this completely? Totally just tired of it. No, we ain't tired of you know, it, man. Like, you see what they're doing in France, right? In France, they're in the street, bro. Like I, said, like I said before, like I said before, you know, usually when these students happen, they don't happen just once or twice. They come multiple times. They happen multiple times. Um, you know, and, and you just mentioned France, and you know, and, and that's a that's another aspect where things you know, happen over there that are um, similar to what goes on here in the United States. Now, uh, me and a dear friend, we talk all the time about it. if you really want to see what's going on, you can watch what's going on over there because nine times ten, it's going to find its way here or vice versa. Um, but the bottom line is still the same. How are we going to stop our young men and women from being slaughtered in the middle of the street? And for those out there that's about but for those out there that's about to jump on that bandwagon, well, you know, black on black crime and all that, yeah, that's just include that is included. Okay? That is included. So don't let's not let's not separate it. Let's just go on and, and, and put it together. How can we you know stop I, how many being shot down? I, I, I told you, man, by by being force with force, man. Okay. See number one. One of these incidents happened, man. Listen, let me tell you one thing. We outnumber them, really, man. We outnumber them. So, for instance, I don't see situation after situation. For instance, like that man in our bad Rouge. Okay, when they jumped on him, that's when real soldiers got started stepping up, man. They need to go for this stuff and come to our brother aid, man. We outnumber them. Okay, hand in hand, all right? We don't have to do it, man. All right, that's all. That's you. That's why I say me force with force. They might have more weapons, but we got more numbers, man. All right. Since you you want me to put it out there like that, I ain't want to go all the way out there like that, man. But you want to get wrong like that, we gonna have to. Like for instance, every time when I see one of these poor beasts jumping on one of our brothers or sisters, you got four or five brothers and sisters standing around grabbing their nuts and playing with their balls and laughing and filming. Instead of coming to our brother and sister aid, man. All right, we got we got number them, man. That's what we got to do, it, bro. All right, when the situation come on, we got to step up, man. Okay. 
All right. Now, what are you doing? That noise is just, ugh. Yeah, I don't know what you're doing, but that noise is just frustrating, man. I think that noise. That's, just, that's the air conditioner. I got the air conditioner. I'm in South Florida, bro. You know what's so loud there, that? Like? It's hot down here, man. He's, he's packing his clothes, getting ready to leave. I'm in full lot of there, man. It's hot down here, man. Okay. All right. Well, you better. Eric, you better? Uh, play that song I put in the chat room for an entry. It's a good one. All right. I got somebody else want to uh, come in. Let me bring them in. All right. Uh, area code 818. Welcome to the show. Who do I have here? Hey, Mr. Talk. How you doing? You've always been a caller-friendly program. I appreciate it. It's me, Bobby, in Los Angeles. How you doing? I'm doing fine, Bobby. How are you? How you doing? Listen, I don't want to waste your time. You've always been nice enough to take me on as callers and stuff like that. And you have a very caller-friendly program, and I respect that. I just uh, turn off the bat before I tell you why I called. Uh, is there? Did you change your mind about having me on as a guest? Or uh, nope. Nope. Okay, good. Well, you never wrote me back, and I wasn't sure if you were still interested. Well, we'll talk about that later. Um, so what you got? What okay. you got for me today? Okay, no problem. I wanted to make sure I didn't keep bugging you. Uh, I was actually trying to ask in a respectful way. I didn't want you to think I was like hammering you or bugging you and stuff. If you change your mind, let me know. Yeah, I don't want to keep bugging you about it. I don't want to bug you then. You know. Mhm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you lost interest, right, Mr. Talk? Come on, be honest. No, I'm waiting for you to get the, the get the, you know give your um, comments on what we're talking about right now. All right. Okay. Cool. Uh, I just tuned in. So we're, you're talking about the shootings of Baton Rouge, Minnesota, and New York, and the Republicans yeah. with the FBI yes. director. Okay. Sorry about that. You're not you're uh, not mad, right? No, not at all. Okay. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, may, may I ask, Mr. Talk, are, are you part of the uh, registered any political party? No. Okay. Do you, do you side more with one side or? No. Okay, great. Oh, okay. So, uh, well, I just tuned in. Uh, do, you, do you have more negative opinions about the Republican Party or the Democratic Party? or? Honestly? I don't have nigga. I have negative opinion on all of them. It don't matter what party they in. They're all crooks. Yes. They're all crooks. Even like uh, Barack Obama, the president. Even him. Oh wow! wow. Is there anyone you like? Like how like Dr. Ron Paul, for example. Bobby, the day is not yeah. today. So please continue on. Okay. Uh, no, I was I was thought that was part of the topic. Because you're talking about the GOP, right? No, we're actually talking about the shootings right now. Oh, I'm sorry. I just tuned in. I was going by your profile. It's, are we talking about the Republicans hearing oh, with the yeah. FBI director? Yeah, well, we're talking oh, about the shootings okay. right now. Oh, okay. we'll get to oh, those. Hey, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. So, someone else said something? Go ahead. Yeah, no, no I'm go sorry. ahead. I'm Bob. sorry. Then I, no, that's okay. Then I, if it's about the shootings, I um, uh, obviously I cited in the name of righteousness. No innocent person should be killed by the police. Uh, that's immoral and it's horrible. Um, I, so I don't have any other topic about that topic. So if that means my phone call is about to end, then I, I hope I didn't mess up your program or anything. Uh, no, not at all. Not at all. I just put you back in the queue. And, uh, you know, when you want to talk about when we get to what you you want to discuss, or I'll bring you back in. All right. Okay. So, but Mr. Talk, please, man, let me be a guest on your program. Come on. Man. 
<laughs> As I said before, Bobby, we'll talk about it later. All right. Um, let me bring my next caller in. All right, um, Eric. Uh, I mean, Triple One. Welcome to the show. Who do I have here? Hey, Eric. Joe. Hey, Joe. How you doing, man? How you doing? So you're talking about? Hey, Joe. Hey, Pianki. What's up? You're talking about the shoes. Huh? Which? Uh, which? Yeah. One? All of them. <laughs> All of them. Okay. <laughs> I mean, can you? I mean, is is there a, a point into just um, separating them? They all basically the same thing. Well, there's one shooting. I think it's what Dallas, where the cop um, shot shot the um, the driver, and then there's this new one in Dallas, which I just heard about today, and I know nothing about where the cop got shot by uh, by some black guy. Now I can understand the black guy shooting the cop. You know, it's retaliation for what's happened with Ferguson, et cetera. I don't know what his agenda is, but that's what I'm assuming it is. But the thing that I'm interested in is that shooting of the uh, the white pedestrian by the uh, the black pedestrian by the white cop, because supposedly there's two different video angles, and I like to know what the uh, significance is of those two different video angles, because I know nothing about that. What video angles? Something about, I guess, which either puts the the, uh, the driver either into a more guilty position or makes him less guilty. I don't know which is which. So uh, do you know anything about that? Cause I, I, know, I know very little about the shooting. I haven't researched them yet. Okay, wait a minute. Um, you must be talking about the one in Minnesota. Where the guy is sitting in the car, where the girl is um, recording it? Nah, because she recorded it. I heard about that one. But that's one where they're too bad. She didn't record it while the shooting went down. She recorded the after. Right. Right. Yeah, so that recording neither um, implicates the cop nor uh, sets him free because she did it afterwards. So he, they claimed right. he had a gun, but they couldn't find a gun. That's what most people should do is actually take out the cell phone. And when they're pulled over by a cop, uh, what, regardless whether you're white, black, Hispanic, or Chinese, you start recording it from the very beginning. Well, you know, Joe, I had uh, said that people that. should uh, photograph. People should photograph the driver's license, registration card, insurance card, and CCW card, or do a photocopy of it and put it in a plastic sleeve. And just hang it over the window when they have those type of encounters. That way, you can't they can't use excuse saying that you was going for a weapon. And yeah, you're going for your wallet. But here's another thing. What I understand about the Minnesota shooting is that the guy had a um, a concealed carry. He was allowed to carry a gun. Now I've seen video where the cop pulls over somebody, and he reaches into the car, and the pedestrian says, not the pedestrian, but the driver says. I've, I'm allowed to carry a gun, and the cop says, why? You know, he gets all upset. He says, why didn't you tell me about this at the very beginning? But he doesn't shoot him. In this instance, the cop automatically shoots the guy. Well, he couldn't believe that a black man had the right to have those type of privilege. That's probably what was going on in his mind. Well, okay. Well, then all that does is really say, that the racism which everybody talks about on this particular show is actually true because there is no stipulation saying that you can't, you have to be white to have a um, uh, concealed carry. 
So. But we have, we do know, and I mean, you know yourself that you have those elements that's within the Hell police yeah. departments. <laughs> Hell yeah. But um, but the Minnesota shooting is not the one I'm interested in because, yeah, you know, that's kind of cut and dry uh, for me. It's the one we had I a think- shoot here in, in Missouri, in Baldwin, just uh, west of uh, St. Louis City, St. Louis County today. Yeah, but the one I'm and that's out of the white community. There's no blacks out there. You can count the blacks out, out there on your hand. Well, yeah. Well, you know, people say uh, more cops shoot uh, white people than they do black people. And if you take a look at the stats, that's true. But since the thing is about the shootings, the one that I was interested in, I think it's the, I think it's the Dallas one. It's the one where the guy got shot. But um, the, there's supposed to be two different angles, and I don't know what the um, the implications are of these two different angles. So I thought maybe you guys would know about it. But I'll find out about it later. But, you know, when these cops shoot blacks, mm-hmm. and of course they shoot everybody else too, but when they shoot blacks like we've had in Minnesota and Baton Rouge, they should be charged also with a hate crime. Yeah, you know what? That's an interesting idea. And I hadn't even thought about that. Because um, as you were speaking, I was thinking that uh, the whites that are shot, I'd, I'd like to know how many are shot in the back. Because when you, you know, there are videos where black people are holding up cell phones, walking away from the cop, and the cop shoots them in the back. Not to mention the one that happened on the Bard Railroad Station a couple of years ago. Plus oh, the, yeah. Plus the one where the cop just, he lets the guy run away and shoots him in the back. Then he plants a gun. Yeah, that was down in South Carolina. Yeah. How about the uh, in how about the other cases where you have whites that's walking and flourishing guns, waving it, pointing it and everything, and the police were surround them and t- try to talk them down, then shoot them one time. Mm-hmm. But if it's a black suspect in the same predicament, they'd be surrounded by police and they all unload on him yeah. at one time. Yeah. <laughs> Did you see the video? This was out about a few years ago. There was a, a guy, a young guy, must have been no more than in his 20s. I guess he's on the porch of his house. And he's threatening. He doesn't have a gun. Uh, I don't think he has a gun. He's threatening the cop. The cop's around in the house, and he's, he's threatening to, uh, to shoot, but he has no gun visible. Okay? The cops are in the standoff. <laughs> They're losing patience. So they say, give up, give up, give up. And what happens is the guy doesn't want to give up, so they they fire a barrage at him. First they let the dogs out, okay? There's about two or three dogs, about two dogs they let loose. Now, at the same time they let loose the German shepherds, they, uh, they shoot the guy. Now, they shot the guy and they shot the dog. Now, if you notice, never on the other videos, when somebody gets shot, the cops never... Never go to the victim's aid. The guy is just bleeding out. So what happened in this instance, the guy on the porch gets shot. He slumps over. The cop rushes to pick up the dog. And he says, you shot my dog. And they order a helicopter to evac the dog. But they let the guy there on the porch. I don't know if he died. He probably died on the porch. So the message is, German Shepherd dog is worth more than the life of uh, of, a, 
of a suspect. Well, Joe, there's some things that still exist. You know, I looked at another YouTube video, and I'm going to put this in the chat room, where this guy, apparently blacks moved in his neighborhood, and they're in the backyard having a, you know, cookout. Mm-hmm. And this old this this, this white woman let, is sitting in a chair. What happened? Hold on. Let me get here for a minute. Let me get here for a minute. Do you know while I'm sitting here uh, doing this show, somebody just came by and shot up my neighbor's car? You heard it or you saw it? <laughs> huh? You, did you see it or did you hear it? I heard and I saw the car go by just a minute wow. ago. Yeah, what kind of neighborhood you stay in? The question is, how we stop the shooting, man? How do we stop the nuke? Yeah, shooting? I mean, what kind of neighborhood you I stay, stay in, man? I stay in a very quiet neighborhood. See, that might have been Michigan, man. <laughs> see, see, and this is an example of the stupidity that we have to deal with. That's why we can't solve nothing. What, what, what they got to do with anything, Pianki? Where is he at? Everybody, Wesley's here. Me and Joe here. Only one missing is him. What does that have to do with anything, Yankee? Uh, you know, I, I said that to illustrate that. I hear the you know, police. It's, it's control. Oh, that's you. What's going on, Yank? How you doing, Yank? You doing all right, Yank? Oh, man. You been doing all right, are you? Hey, answer your question, Eric. I don't know hey, you're doing, bro? Wait a minute. Who's that hollering, Eric? West at the cops. Oh, Lord, have mercy. You know, y'all working my nerves today. Um, Joe, you was going to answer the court, my yeah, question? Yeah, I think, you know, most people think that, well, if you take the guns out of the hands of people, you know, there won't be any, um, any violence. Well, criminals don't pay attention to laws. So if a law-abiding citizen put, uh, uh, bring their guns in to the cops, they're going to be defenseless. I say everybody should keep their arms, and if they see a shooting going down, then they should be allowed to go outside and shoot the perpetrator. You know? There's yeah, they should. They should. There's a video um, of a uh, 9-11 recording where a neighbor is seeing his neighbor's house being invaded by burglars. He calls 9-11. 9-11 says he'll be there in about eh, five, six minutes, something like that. He says that's going to take too long. He's going to take his gun and go outside and meet the uh, the burglars. He goes outside. Well, the first off, the dispatcher tells him, don't do it, sir. Don't do it. Stay inside. Wait for the cops. He says by that time, the house will be robbed. So anyway, he goes out, and he shoots one of them. Finds out that it's a gang, and uh, the guy, the poor guy, He's now visited by gang members um, visiting his house. Not his house, but his street. Because they want to uh, they want to send a message. You know, we can rob your neighborhood, but you can't do anything about it. This is what happens when people follow the law, and the law is set against a person defending their own house. Or against neighbors defending their community. If you had a community... Like what happened back in I don't know if it was Oklahoma or Nebraska where the the Dalton gang one time went into a town and they were going to rob the bank. They go inside the bank. People recognize it's the Dalton gang. 
word gets spread really quickly around the around the town. The Dalton gang comes out of the bank, gets on their horses, and ba ba bang bang. Everybody's shooting from uh, the uh, their windows. That was one town the Dalton gang never came back to. I'm all for guns and I'm all for shooting people when you uh, you fuck with me. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. The, that is interesting. Oh, so that goes that goes to what Wesley was saying. So let's start fighting force for force. Yeah, well, I I just got the tail end of that, and I think if you're going to do it, you better do it in a way that makes sure you don't lose. Because that could be something that people want is this uh, this war between civilians and the cops, blacks and whites. Because you're not gonna you're not gonna defeat the military. You know you're not gonna do it. You have to do it smartly, okay? If you're going to just go, look, I'm just going to shoot up every cop I see, then what they're going to do, they're going to either initiate martial law or bring in more SWAT teams, militarize the cops more, and then bang. After a while, you can't even, you can't even walk outside after curfew. And if you do, they have the right to shoot you. So, you know, if you're going to do it by force, you've got to do it the right way. If you're not gonna, uh, you know, if you're not gonna do it the right way, you could backfire. But anybody who says you fuck with me, well, you mess with me, I mess with you back. I'm all for that. <laughs> but you know, you know what, Joe? Uh, when you start talking about instituting curfews and things like that, then you're mm-hmm. definitely getting into what they call a military um, state, aren't you? A police Absolutely. state. You don't think huh. you're in a police state right now with SWAT teams? All you need is some. All they have to say is they have an anonymous tip, and they can bang down your door. And he had nothing to do with drugs. They throw in those uh, uh, bang grenades, and bang. Mm-hmm. Okay, for a tip. The SWAT team is nothing more than mm-hmm. the the freaking police force. The way it's expanded. Now remember, the police force wasn't around 150 years ago. It's a relatively new phenomenon. The police force is the standing army that the Constitution says that it does not want. So in a, in a substitution for the Army, you've got police. But the police is the standing Army. In New York City alone, they shake down 500, I couldn't believe the number, 500,000 uh, people a year. They stop and search. 500,000. How the hell can you shake down 500,000 people? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> That's a very good question. Uh, <laughs> five hundred thousand. Five hundred, not fifty thousand. Five hundred thousand. I, I wish, cause I wish somebody would look it up for me right now, because I I'm still incredulous about that number. Five hundred thousand a year. Wow. Wow. <laughs> That's all I can say is wow. All right. Um. Mm, mm, mm. Let's let's move on to to something else right here. Um, let's move on to these emails and, and, and Hillary Clinton. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I know that. I, hey, if anybody like me, it wasn't surprised or a surprise at all that it came down to where she wasn't indicted. Okay. I told you, I told you that before. It wasn't going to happen. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and when that report came out that said that uh, other secretary of states had basically done the same thing, that was a get out of jail card free right there. Uh, you know, so why are how can I put it? Why are people surprised? What is the what is the issue now? Why why all of a sudden? You know, I, I watched the little the little get together. You know that the Republicans had with the FBI director. You know, and the same little stuff going on. You know, uh, the same questions over and over again, just phrased a different way. They trying to make him. They trying to make a conspiracy theory out of something that was just. It's it's simple to me. You know, from looking out, it's simple. He couldn't do it without going back and 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 um, going after other people. You know, that's been there before. So, and you take a look at David Petraeus' case. You know, that's another precedent that was set. So I, I don't know why they wasted our money on this that so-called hearing because it was nothing but a bunch of grandstanding, if, if you ask me. I don't know, but what is your opinion on that? Andrew, you got one? I got one. <laughs> well, here's my opinion on it. I have to give Comey his props because, for one thing, everything in that speech was an indictment of, of Clinton. But... At the end, everybody knows it was not an indictment. What I think happened was that they got to him, and they told him because Clinton got to probably A.G. Lynch. Um, they probably got to the FBI investigators, and they let them know this woman is not to be indicted, period. But what I think had happened, now this is just my guess, is that he mm-hmm. could come out of the speech and said, we have found through our investigation that um, that there was no intent of the breaking of the law, therefore Mrs. Clinton um, may have uh, bent the law a little bit but did not break the law, and there would be no charges forthcoming. But instead, he just ripped her apart and then said, well, we're not going to indict her. So what I think he did by that was to let people know this bitch belongs in jail, but we can't send her to jail. So there's an implication in what he was saying. He wasn't explicit, but I think they had to get to him. Like maybe we'll kill your family, you will, we'll blackmail you, we'll plant evidence, things, uh, things like that. Now that to me is my conspiracy theory because that happens all the time in um, in Washington. This this bitch should have gone to jail. Now, yeah, Colin Powell, he had something similar, but not quite the same thing as Hillary. From what I understand, Colin Powell had his email messages still at the office. This freaking piece of crap takes her um, classified, unclassified messages and puts it in the unsecured basement in her house. Now, think about this. People might say, look, you just send an emails back and forth, but she's a secretary of state. She's dealing with classified material that has to do with the fate of nations in the balance. And she's allowing her server, which is unsecured, to be open to any hacker from here to, the Mo- to Morocco. So she abs- absolutely put the United States national security at risk with that unsecured server. And she cannot tell anybody who has a half a brain on this planet that she didn't know what she was doing. That bitch belongs in jail. Oh, all right. 
Well, I see how strongly you feel about it, Joe. <laughs> yeah, a little mildly, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, what you say may be true. What you say may be true. I, I mm-hmm. don't know. But I think, um, you know, in his speech, you know, he did say there was some wrongdoing. Yeah. Uh, but I did find that his last part of it was that no prosecutor within um, their right mind would bring charges. Yeah. That's odd. You know, that is something odd to say. Exactly. <laughs> it is. You know, that is I'm something saying. very odd to say. That's huh? right. That's what I'm saying. He ripped her apart, but then he gave her mayor culpa. He said she's not going to be indicted. Now, like you're talking about, that particular sentence and the other phrases that he had uttered, it meant that, to me, that she's not going to go to jail, but she belongs in jail. There's nothing we can do about it. He's not going into any explanation. He's just winking, winking and saying, something here is wrong. We would like to put the bitch in jail, but we can't. Well, see, and I go back to the David Petraeus thing. So is somebody else going to say something? Okay, maybe I was just hearing. Um, but yeah, I go back to David Petraeus, you know, with him and his mistress, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and the notebooks hidden in places in his attic and things like that, uh, where he actually admitted to doing it um, after he lied. Right. Um, you know, and they let him walk away with a plea deal, basically. Right. I mean, because if you think about it, not only did he give classified secrets to his mistress, but under military law, that was adultery as well. So he he should have been punished under that also. Um, no, but even after all that, it. they make adultery huh? a crime. Yes, yes, yes. Really? Yes, yes. Really? Uh, yes. yes. It's hard, you know, but it's hard to prove. But it, if you can prove it, yes. Oh. And in this case, it was proven. You know, he basically admitted to it. Yeah, he admitted um, it she was, uh, yeah. yeah. So, but, you know, I think I, I take a look at that as an example. You know, and, and the bottom line is, well, you know, even if we do indict her, you know, and there's a trial, number one, is nothing that's going to happen until after she's probably elected president of the United States. And then, yeah. even yeah. then... You know, with the attorneys and all that she'd probably have, she'd probably end up uh, with a slap on the wrist just like Petraeus did. So, he's probably saying, look, you know, yeah, we know she did something wrong, but is it really worth going through all the the, the paperwork and the red tape just to come back later and, and have her get off with maybe a misdemeanor? No, is is it worth all yeah, that's only because of a deal that would have been made between her lawyers and the Justice Department, which is what the right, you know, right, you know, which is what they're saying. Bill Clinton might have done with uh, with Lynch, but the thing is, with Petraeus, <laughs> when he had eight binders full of classified documents that he willingly gave to his mistress, now one could argue mm-hmm. he's taking the classified documents that he feels are still classified but are not that detrimental to the national security of America and giving it to his mistress. Now, and they were supposed to be public. Well, 
Well, supposedly there were um, passwords and, and code names of operatives that were operating in certain areas of the of the world also. Oh, really? Um, I mean, so, still operating? Yeah. Yeah, still operating in certain parts of the world. And you have to remember, at this time, he was over um, Afghanistan, the mission in Afghanistan right. yeah. as well. Yeah. So, I, <laughs> you know, that's why I come. I just, we need. I just say they look at it and say, "Well, we can't get him. You know, we're just gonna go on and and lead us along." Say what, Pianki? That's why I come. Donald Trump make a better president. He ain't tied in all that crazy. He's not tied in with all them loopholes and intertwined corruption that Hillary Clinton is. Oh, Wait a minute! How can you say? That? How can you say that? Donald if anybody's Trump is not a career to, politician. And that is the biggest lie people have been telling for a long time. Donald Trump has if never been no big, uh, secretary of anything with the United States Donald government. Trump has, does that make you a, a politician just because you hold office? Yeah, what do you mean just because you hold Absolutely. That's a definition like Joe says, Eric. Oh, and no, 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 no. Holding that position, you make friends. No. You're saying he's an insider. He's saying, and uh, Trump is saying he's an outsider. Yes, he's, he's an insider, but he's not technically a politician. He's been the one who bribed politicians. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. So we're talking semantics right now. Okay. <laughs> but basically, yeah, Donald Trump is, is every yeah, he's a politician. Now I don't care what you say. No, politician has to hold yeah. office. Yeah. Huh? The politician has to hold a political office. He has to be okay. elected too. Donald Trump never been elected. No, he just buys his way in. You know, well, like yeah, building I mean, part a, of the U. Right. Right and now, he's an insider. He's not the outsider. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Huh? He's not not a politician. No, it's not semantics. That's the the very definition of the word. You have to have political office to be a politician. Okay. All right. I still say he's a politician. (laughs) But the thing is, is I understand what uh, what Pianki's saying. I don't. Um, I like Trump better than Hillary. I like Stalin better than than Hillary. But the thing is, is that Trump, I don't like his temperament. I don't want that guy's button, uh, finger on the red button. Um, I don't think he knows what he's talking about um, a lot of times. Uh, he likes to shoot from the hip. But he's a very good showman, and he would be better than Hillary. I don't think he's, I don't think he's got a, tr- uh, a treacherous heart like Hillary does. I think he's pure American. So he would do what he think would be best for America. Hillary doesn't give one rat's patootie about America. Did you take, like, this, this is one thing I did see. I saw an infographic about the amount of money that the Clinton Foundation got from foreign nations. Holy uh-huh. Jesus. $10 million here, $5 million there. Holy gee, you think that these foreign nations like Saudi Arabia and the rest, that they're just giving the money to, to the foundation out of the goodness of their heart? Hell no. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, look at the, right. uh, look at the prison, the CC, what is it, CCCSS Prison Corrections Center, 
that one that trades on Wall Street. Look at the look at their uh, directors and their insiders. One of them is Thurgood Marshall Jr. He's a major stockholder in that company, and that company gives donation to Hillary Clinton. Hmm. And hmm. you also have other big uh, names: Citibank, Bank of America, yeah. J.P. Yeah. Morgan. Right. Well, you Morgan know, when Stanley. You, when you, you know when you start mentioning those banks. You know the other interesting thing about all those banks. Do you know they're they're um, contributing money into bringing Syrian Syrian refugees into the United States? Oh, I hope you have a topic about that one day. Mm. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, they are though. I, I've read oh, this yeah. the other day. Yeah. So you know, and it's amazing that the different states that are are taking them in, like Michigan, like they really can afford to take more people into their state. <laughs> you know, with Detroit the way it is. But let me bring this other call in, huh? Let me bring this other call in real fast. All right, um, welcome to the show, Renee. How are you doing today? Hey, Mr. Cobb. I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for asking. Oh, well, Renee. Hey, Steve. Renee, I have, a, I have a bone to pick with you again. Um, Say again? Again, I have a bone. I have a bone to pick with you. Oh, oh with okay. Renee? Yeah, I call the show again. She picks up. I say, hi, Renee. She goes, hi. And then she goes on to the other callers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Really? <laughs> yes, Renee. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I didn't, the, I didn't mention like my real... name. It was an interesting topic, too, but I didn't mention my name. But you just, you know, you know how women are. Okay. They're very dismissive of men nowadays. You know. What? Okay. Whatever. <laughs> Apologize. I don't know the situation, but I apologize. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to do it if I did. I'm only two. Wow. All right, Renee. So what you got for me today? Um, I would. I assume because I just called and just believing, you know, heard y'all kind of talking about Donald Trump. Um, I assume you all have been talking about the shooter and. Yeah. Uh, police well, killing like the police. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, here, you know, I got a few things to say about that. I um, you do. <laughs> <laughs> but first of all, I would say that, well, I, I want to discuss the police situation now. It's been a deflection. And so pretty much if you chart um, these incidents, these police, mer- these police uh, um, killings, Killings um, of unarmed black people, and in this case, supposedly armed, but did not pull their guns on police. But anyway, if you chart these cases, you will see a pattern, okay? So, which is you will see um, black folks being killed, and then you will turn around and see, you know, people upset and, and kind of the uprisings or what have you. Then you will turn around. And some other distraction will happen with the police, a police officer being killed, a police officer being harmed. Let's think about it. It was Eric Garner, Mike Brown, and then um, Eric Garner, Mike Brown. Oh, gosh. One more. Um, Freddie Gray. I'm sorry. Um, Eric Garner, Mike Brown, Freddie Gray. Boom, 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 in a row. Right? So you had the uprisings that happened, of course, in Ferguson. You had the uprisings that happened in Baltimore, 
Okay. Then the next thing that you hear is that New York City, the two police officers are shot in the head. They're, they're shot execution style, okay, sitting in a car. The man who did it, I think he, they said he came from Philly or he came from some other city. He came there to do that. He put on Facebook, pigs are going to fly today. After he supposedly shoots them in the head, execution style, both of them, he goes into a busy subway platform and commits suicide by shooting himself. There is no video. There is no footage. There is no eyewitness accounts. There is no nothing. And this was on a busy subway platform. If you notice, the story hurry up and disappears. Okay? If you think, I also think back to, I think it was before that, or around in that same time, there was supposedly a black man who went and he shot a, a police officer at the gas station. The, the police officer was just pumping gas or something to that nature, and he just put out a gun or whatever and shot him in the head. Now, it's always some type of deflection. And what this is called is balance of power. So any time it seems like the power is getting too much in the hands of the people, they have to tip the scales back, and they have to put it back, the ball back in their court. So by... This situation that supposedly happened, okay, by this situation, then all of a sudden it's an outcry, especially from the white, uh, uh, for white people. Oh, Lord, they saved our lives. All of this kind of stuff, right? So then you have a you know, groundswell in the opposite direction. Now, here's the thing. I personally think that, of course, all of that was a setup, okay? A lot of this is a setup to cause more and more racial attention, more and more racial issues into a bigger purpose, a bigger plan. I do not believe for one moment that there were five police officers killed. If there were police officers killed, okay, then it's not that um, it's staged. It, it was something that was staged and pre-planned and set up. There is absolutely no way. When you have a kind of like impromptu kind of march, right, this is something that just happened. We, uh, prior to that, it was two black men killed within 24 hours of it. So all of a sudden they had this impromptu protest, right? So this is not something putting down ahead of time where people knew all about this, okay? You have the impromptu march. Then, you, then they say, now this is the, the, what the um, police chief said. They were up in buildings, okay, and they were triangulating where to shoot and where to get the police officers. How in the hell did this happen? You mean to tell me people who are sharpshooters, who are trained, who have the proper guns, got up in buildings, triangulated, and killed police? That doesn't even sound right. And then they kept for the longest. They never showed any pictures. Now, everything else. They show a picture of the suspect right away, right away. They're showing you pictures right away. They're showing you, they're showing you video. They never show you any of this stuff with this particular with this situation. And so again, this is just another thing. This stuff is staged. This stuff is pre-planned. In my opinion, I know people also try to say that's a conspiracy theory, but starting looking at the details and critically thinking, it doesn't hold up. But see, that's not the point. Because anything that is put onto media, you're automatically going to have 85% of the population who are going to believe it for no other reason than they said it on the news. It doesn't have to be true at all. And all the content could be so right, uh, excuse me, wrong. Let me say this and I'm back. In Orlando, 
when they had the shooting. See, all of this is connected. When Orlando had the, the shooting or whatever, supposed shooting, which that was another hoax, and that was exposed, and you know that you don't really hear anything about that anymore. You don't hear all the families. You don't hear all the stuff coming out. Where is what happens to his life? What happens to all of that? See, these are things that they play, and people go for it. Anyway, with Orlando, if you remember, the supposed shooter was um, supposedly who also happened to be an actress, but anyway, she said that he was, he said, I don't want to hurt any black people, or something like that, I don't want to kill any black people because you guys have ha- had enough, uh, whatever, pain, or whatever, he, he, he um, termed it, right? Now, why mm-hmm. would he say that? Now, you are a mass, you're a mass killer, right? You're a range mass killer, where you would go up in the damn nightclub to shoot up and kill people. So all of us have a heart of gold. So we have a mass murder with a heart of gold for black people. Come the hell on. All of a sudden, oh, I'm not going to hurt the black people. Meanwhile, you have a wife and a son, and you're coming for a safe town because you want to kill these people, but you're going to look out for the black folks. That's a lot. I don't buy that. That was some bull. That was a way, again, to turn the racial thing to start from over Right? Then we get into dollars. So what the sustainable item is? Even the supposed terrorists or whatever, that they would still be on the side of the black people. Okay? White people, you are unsafe. It's only you against the world. You have to protect yourself. You have to protect your community. And these black people want you dead. This is what's being pushed to white people in this country right now. So do you see how quickly the atmosphere and environment in the country can shift in the blink of an eye? It went from black people being enraged and upset because of these groups of black men to, oh, my goodness, these five officers are killed. Black people and Black Lives Matter are responsible for this. This man wanted to kill all white people. So this is a game that they play, and it's all a farce. And lastly, I'm just for real, this is my last thing. And Donald Trump, he said it. These people always tell you what they're going to do. He said, let's make America great again. That's exactly what he meant. And it's already starting. Because what that's over for is, let's make America white again. That's exactly why he did not want Muslims. He wanted to keep them from even coming here. And what they always do is try to align black people with the Muslims. They're going to always lump us in with any group that they cast out. And so this is exactly what's happening, and we better just keep our eyes open. Ooh, wow. (laughs) Ooh, Lord, you said a whole, whole lot there. And you know what I I think I said I said most of that at the beginning of the show, but I'm glad you came mm-hmm. back and um, re, restated it basically, because I mm-hmm. said I say, how many people you know lately the, um, the the killers you know are are making speeches before they die, you know I, right. I you know I've never never seen that myself <laughs> and, and you know the change change the narrative you know of the country within a matter of, uh, of uh, hours you know so yes. you're right. You are absolutely right. You know, I, there's nothing I can add to that because you you said it all. Um, Joe, Pianki, you got anything y'all would like to um, add to? Um, well, to this killer here was um, this killer here had on United States Army military 
uh, uniform. But thing about him, he was blown up by a drone. Where is his body at, Eric? Mhm. Mhm. Well, yeah, I thought about that earlier too. Have y'all heard about his? Excuse me, his family, his mama's, daddy, his sister, brothers. Where, yeah, they have made no statement, have they? Nope. Nope. Any other time they have everything. Any other time they have stuff right away. Boom, have it. This mm, is a. Yeah. It's a setup. And I was telling my mom that she was getting upset. I don't want to hear that. I'm like, Mom, mm. so you believe everything they tell you on the news? No, but I just, yeah. and then, you know, yeah. <laughs> and I like a lot of people. And she knows what I'm, she's yeah. like, she knows what I'm saying is, is true and has that is you know, has validity to it, but it's like that thing of cognitive dissonance. You know what I mean? Like, you are fed something, you believe it, you take on that belief, and then no matter what, even with a, a wealth of evidence, the contrary, you will still hold on to your belief. And this is a lot of black folk. This is a lot of people in general, but it's a lot of black folk who do that. Mm. Well, that, that is true. Renee, but let me ask you a question. How do you suppose mm-hmm. we stop all this from happening? Is there any way we can put a halt to it? The Wesley says, Wesley say, says force, force. He said what now? Meet force by force. Force with force with force. Yes, yes. Well, what I would say is this: I think as a people, I mean it's tough, but one of the things we have to separate, I think, segregation. Short, short of, yeah, for real, all-out war, violence, for real, for real, for real, revolution, for real. Short of that, it needs to be segregation, like. Black people, whoever needs to petition to, we need to we need to move on that. We need to move on segregation. Integration was not progression, and is it is not progression, because what happens is whatever community is the smaller community, whatever community is the the uh, poorer community. Okay, they're going to always suffer. They're always going to come in on the bottom when you when you integrate. You're going to lose parts of yourself and your culture and your value system. So this is exactly what has happened to black people. Um, we had to separate, but it was unequal. But we need to separate. There's no other answer. This is 2016, okay? We are still dealing with the very same issues that my mother dealt with, my grandmother and grandfather, my great-grandparents, my, so on and so forth. We're dealing with the same thing. It's only that white supremacy is a computer. It gets better, faster, stronger, more efficient over time. So now white supremacy is more efficient. It's more effective as well because it's systematic. Okay, so they have gotten it down to a fine science, and they have it so, so incorporated into the system and how things are set up that they really don't have to do much anymore as far as the N-word, as far as just being straight up in your face, but they still do it. And law enforcement will never stop, Mr. Stop. As long as we are integrated, law enforcement will never, ever, ever, ever stop killing black people. Why? Because a couple of things. Number one, the uh, 
police are the frontline soldiers for white supremacy. So they are the enforcers. They're the ones who directly deal with the people and the public who are one. So their purpose is, is just like back in the day, the space catchers. That's what they do. It's the very same thing, and that's what the police are. They just transitioned into from um, slave catchers into quote-unquote police, but it's the same exact job. They have to go out. They have to deal with the ends. They have to go into the black communities. They have to lock people up. They have to criminalize people. They have to do whatever, whatever the heck they want to do. They can do it, okay? And they have the backing of the fraternal order of police. They have the backing of the system of racism and white supremacy. That's why they won't go to jail. That's why they won't have any type of, of sanctions or anything placed upon them for it. So it will never stop. People don't get that. And then the other thing is, you know, um, the, the, of course, we live in a um, capitalist system, okay? So, again, Malcolm X said there can be no capitalism without racism. Somebody has to be on the bottom. Well, who's on the bottom? Do you think on the bottom? on the bottom? Who's on the bottom? Black people, okay? But black people are helping to fuel the entire economic system because we are the biggest consumers and we own the least amount of resources. We own one half of one percent of the wealth in America. In 
the old Joker. <laughs> I think you know what I'm talking uh, about. <laughs> the old maid, the old uh, maid. Is he still on the phone? <laughs> yeah, he's still on the phone. Go let ahead. me let me let Go me ahead. say this. Let me uh-huh. say this. I really, I really, I really do um, appreciate Renee. Uh, she, I mean, she, she she tries to give you guys a history lesson, but uh, everything she says is on point. Uh, and at this point, you know, we we should be about ready to look at what she's talking about as an option. Of course, every all blacks are not going to want to separate. But I would I would just offer Renee this and even be more specific. And this this way, black people, when you say the segregation, they'll be able to understand this a little better. The what really needs to be segregated is white folks. You need to remove white folks' ability to run your communities and neighborhoods. That's the key. Uh, now, of course, that doesn't deal with the relationship that you will have with them, but this is the most fundamental thing. In other words, you 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 can't allow white folks to teach your children. You just can't do it. You can't allow white folks to patrol your communities. You can't allow white folks to administer even social services. You have to do it, even if it's money that's coming from the federal government. If you remove white folks from the and white folk run the entire infrastructure of the black community, I can prove it. Yeah. So you have to you have to remove them from the infrastructure of your community. That's 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 the key. And if you give it to black folk that way, you can you can help them understand why you have to remove their ability to run your community. I think you would be able to get more black people to buy into that. And that's really what needs to happen at this point. Uh, you got two you got two, two attempts. Yeah, you got two. Yeah. Hold, hold on, old maid. Hold on, old maid. You got two attempts here. You've got reform and you've got revolution. Every, so far, most of what you hear from coming from black folk like Bianchi, and, 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 and it's, it, it's understandable, and even myself, I've, I've been a politician. I've been elected official. Some of the stuff beyond the talking about doing, changing a police forces into black force, I did that shit 10 years ago. In my, I, I mean, so you, you're not talking about someone who don't have the experience. My political, my political resume would probably trumps Bianchi. So uh, this issue about old men not doing that, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. But, but you, you, you really have to put on the table you have to remove white folks from every position of power within your community. You just can't have them there. None, not even one. Remove them from everywhere. Well, you know, you well, say your political your political resume out trump mine. It but does. I, was a bit, I don't even but, want to brag, but, man. I don't even want to brag. But go ahead, well, man. I don't, go ahead. I, you, I don't really, you shouldn't. Yeah. It wouldn't last right, long right. anyway. Well, yeah. here's the thing. I, I bet you that. I, my business. I, well, see, now you you talk. Nobody said nothing <laughs> about it. You know what's getting ready to happen, ahead. don't you? No, go, go you ahead. You know John. you're getting ready to get your, you, you're ready to get your old white head smacked. Here's the thing. <laughs> my business, Savvy, used to buy two-bit politicians like you all the time. Oh, man. Please. And you black ones would come for, for $1,500 at a time. Now, that's the Are truth. Are you kidding me? 
Piazza. You come from I, a town. I, 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 ran, I, I listen ran, to you, Michigan man. Now, why are you talking over me? I've been over millions of dollars. I've been over millions you, of dollars. I, I listen to you. I listen to you. And why you continue to talk? You just can't handle yourself, can you? You got to go to the bathroom. Well, don't lie. Don't lie. I've been over millions of dollars, brother. I don't know what you've been over. I know one thing. You come from a city. Uh, All right. uh, While they discuss that in the green room, let me bring in um, Andy from um, Africa. All right. Welcome to the show, Andy. How are you doing, sir? Thanks, uh, Mr. Talk. It's nice always to hear your show. Um, yeah, man, I was just watching the stuff about what happened in Dallas, and, uh, you know, once again, it's like it happens in the United States, and it's getting all this media coverage, happens in many places in the world all the time, doesn't get a lot of worldwide media coverage, so, mm-hmm. you know, it's sad that it's, that things are happening, you know, there's a lot of controversy on what's actually going on, but now, no, once again, it's the race war, and, uh, that's coming into the picture, and, I mean, I just want to point out something that Prince Ia said on which is like a spoken word rapper guy on YouTube. He, he pointed out, and it's uh-huh. actually on academia.au. There's papers on it that race was invented in the 1500s, right, to divide people. It's just this perfect political mechanism that works every single time. People get fractured, and instead of working together to say, okay, well, let's manage our stuff, and it's okay to manage your stuff for your community, absolutely fine. But don't base it off of um, race, base it off of cultural identity or, you know, we want like if there's a Mormon community that wants to live like Mormons and they want to take care of their own affairs then that's great they should do that, there's nothing wrong with that but as soon as you jump in with this sort of like mass kind of us versus them based on this concept of race you're falling into a trap and the sad thing is that it's so all pervasive in mass media that people are controlled and then you get a, it, it happens all the time, it's like the right tag building if you want to go to if you want to go to war, somebody somebody sets off a building on fire and suddenly there's World War Two. Nine eleven happens and you're going to look for weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, even though Saddam Hussein apparently had nothing to do with bombing the Twin Towers. So it's always oh, pretext, man. pretext, pretext. <laughs> oh boy, if we argue the real that's my that's my take on it, man. Okay. Uh, hmm. Anybody want to uh, comment on what, what Andy just said? It, 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 doesn't, ahead, mean, it doesn't mean that the issues don't exist. I'm just pointing out the mechanism. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. Hmm. So, uh, I'm sorry. I could like I couldn't make out everything that you were saying. Um, you're saying that there's a lot of um. Background noise or something. Okay, let me let me go back and mute that. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Renee. Yeah, um, okay. Um, so you're saying, so you're just saying that race is, was constructed, correct? No, let, let me explain something, okay? And they lived very much well together. In fact, if you go look at the Etruscan murals, you'll see that they did have, um, well, you may say indentured servants or slaves. So did the Greeks, etc. But the point being is that you had uh, dark-skinned slave owners and white-skinned slave owners, like in the Etruscan period before the Roman times. And this was the, that's an example in history of when things were very much, there was no race thing. Just like in, if you go to Brazil right now, there are differences, there are differences, but for the most part, everyone lives together. 
And so in times in history and on planet Earth, there wasn't race. But this is a very good mechanism polit politically to divide people into very large groups, to be able to cause chaos, to maintain political control of a wide area, a wide geographic region. Because if people are working together to solve problems, like I said, there's nothing wrong with what the gentleman was saying to be self-determinant and autonomous in terms of looking after yourself with the non-aggression principle. However, when you do it on the basis of race, it's a political mechanism, as has been pointed out by the, in this paper, the invention of race in the European Middle Ages, race studies, modernity in the Middle Ages. It's available on academia.edu, academic paper. It's also available, there's also papers available on Wiley Online Library. Um, apparently, there's a whole bunch of information on this particular topic. So people are getting suckered and played into a paradigm, into, into a war, just like you have to build up two sides. If you want to have war in the, in, in the Middle East, you've got to build up your, your, your different armies. When I say you, I mean if you were somebody that had a vested interest in doing that. So people are missing the bigger picture, and they're also not focusing on perhaps some of the mechanisms that could be solutions. They're getting caught up in the polarization process, which is part of political science. Okay, I mean, that's, that's all well and good. But that doesn't do, like, academic perspective and this and that. That doesn't do anything for what's actually happening um, in real time. Um, oh, it would if people so, would follow it. Well, it's, okay, people who? You mean if white people would follow I'm, I'm it? I'm saying, like, people on all sides. If people on all sides would study political science and begin to understand things no. on the level of Brzezinski for example, and understand the Grand Chessboard, which is a book that he wrote, understand how things really work, then there wouldn't be as many problems because people would be aware and of what's going on. How do things really work? Well, basically, you have an economic structure, which is like a pyramid-type shape, okay? It's a pyramid system. It sucks all of the wealth up to the top. But in order to keep the bottom layer distracted and divided, you have to put up false fronts. So you fund all sides... And then you put your front people up in front, and you get a bunch of people to follow them, then you kind of smash them together. Just like if in alchemy you want to get something to explode, you mix two different chemicals that are opposing together, and you get an explosion. And that's exactly how it works in terms of, if I was to give you a physics example, of how it works in, in, in politics as well. well you, you let me, can, I, can, I, can I say something? Can I respond to that, bro? Sure, go, uh, go right ahead. All right. Yeah, and... Uh, yeah, what what you what you're attempting to explain is a, a, a white social theory. Now, let me let me just finish. Um, and 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 social theory does not have to be white, uh, but from from an African uh, Pan African perspective, I understand exactly what you're saying. But what you cannot see from the vantage point that you are, you you unless you have a Pan African worldview, it will be hard for you to see what you're saying to me has absolutely no relevance because within the European culture, what you're explaining is what happens within the European culture. And you're correct, but the, the, the concept of once you throw blacks into the mix of that, you're talking about another dynamic that has absolutely nothing to do with that what's happening in that European culture. You're talking about two sides, but you're talking about white against white. This is, there's, there's no such thing as a race-neutral society. No such thing. No such thing as a race-neutral uh, social theory. Whenever you're I'm talking saying... about culture, okay, uh, but, I, but I just don't, you know, I, 
white folk have a they they and I don't know if they're intentionally doing it, but the first thing they do is they they want to take race off the table right. and say it's not about race or or use right. class. Uh, yeah, they, they let me rephrase. But, let me but, just qualify. Yeah, that. Okay. All right. Let me okay. just qualify. Right. Let me just qualify. Let me just qualify what I'm saying. I'm not saying that okay. the concept of race doesn't uh, isn't being used. It has been created and it is being used, and there are variations within the human race. Okay? So there are differences in the human race. There are different characteristics and features. But the concept of race as we know it today is being used. That's where we agree. That's where we do agree that it yes. is being used, that it's a political yes. tool. Yes. It is a political tool which is being used to, to, to manipulate the masses. No, no, that's where you're wrong. Let me tell you what it's being used for in America. Yeah. It's being used in America to maintain white privilege. And that's a good thing for white folks. Manipulation right. is just a part of maintaining white privilege. Oh, and can I say something too? Um, I find that very funny. I find that very interesting. How that's the first thing that always happens is white folks say. Somebody got a lot of feedback or something like moving uh, around. Me. Let me move myself. That's me. That's me driving. I'll move myself. It's always me. You know that. You know. Yeah. But here's the thing. You're, you're the first so... thing. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, please. The first thing that white folks say is, "Why is everything about race?" Okay. No, I'm not saying. Well, you mean to tell me? Excuse me. Excuse me. So you mean to tell me? You mean to tell me that for hundreds of years, my people have been enslaved and brutalized and indoctrinated and raped and abused because of race, because of their skin color. Okay. For hundreds of years. Not necessarily. There's, there's other the people color, that have also Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. I don't care if other people have also been raped. That doesn't diminish wow, what happened to that, my ancestry. And don't do that. And don't that do that. Possibly, well, that's what you're telling me when you say, that's what you're telling me when you say it's happened to other people. You tell you're, you're diminishing that, you're diminishing the impact and the importance and the significance of what happened to my ancestors by trying to deflect oh, well, that happened to other people. And anyway. No, but you said so, that you don't care if it's happened to other people. Anyway, I don't care excuse if it's me. Excuse me. So you mean to tell me race has been used all of this time and we get here and now you say Race shouldn't be on the table. Well, you're talking to the wrong people, and this is what I don't get. This is what ticks me off about a lot of white people. Y'all have so much criticism for black folk and how we see things. Go deal with your people. Go deal with the skinheads, with the Nazis, with the KKK, with the man you, you're friends with down the street who's a principal at the school, you know he's racist. You go deal with your family members you know that's racist. You go deal with your community that you know that's racist. Don't come over and try to tell black people to take race off the table. Tell your people to take race off the table. We're not the ones in the positions of power. We are not the ones who benefit from this particular paradigm that's going on now. 
White people are the beneficiaries of the system of racism, white supremacy, period. I don't care if you're a rich or poor white person. You are still beneficiaries of that system, and we are not. Don't call me you're telling us we, what we should do, and we shouldn't look at race. Okay, Andy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sir, is that it? No. You, you want me to speak? Yeah. Okay. So what I'm saying is I'm not saying that the race issue doesn't exist. I'm saying it was created and it's used as a political tool. Okay, so it's, it's being used as a political tool to manipulate people which would otherwise work together in various situations. But anyway, it seems like no matter what I do, no matter how hard I try, man, even if I go and speak at Pan-African events or if I go and speak at different events and say, you should actually work with the people that want to work together, it doesn't seem to make a difference because every single time it's so indoctrinated and so ingrained that it's this thing of uh, my ancestors were mistreated. I mean, um, I, I can show, I can, I can bring up other examples, but then you don't want me to bring up other examples to try and deprogram yeah. this concept of us versus them. Us versus them, and then you want to lump everybody well, together and say, I don't want to work on. together with anybody. Everybody, everybody, hold on. Everybody, hold on. Okay, so you know, um, I understand what Renee's saying. I understand what Andy is is uh, tempted to say, and I think um, a good example is what I used earlier in the show, and uh, the majority of you weren't here, but here's what I used. And I use the um, Dallas shooting as a, an, an example. Now, if you take a look at last night, there was a protest, and it was aimed at um, law enforcement, you know, the, the the unnecessary killings of young black men by law enforcement and police brutality and things like that. However, it did amaze me as soon as lead started flying, Everyone forgot about the differences and actually worked together to make sure that everyone was safe. Now, here's the dynamic behind that. If you can do that in time of emergency or tragedy, why can't we use that same train of thought and and use it on a daily basis? And I think that's something to what Andy is trying to say. Um, you know, what we're facing here right now it, it is a division, yes, and I agree with Renee. Part of the issue was, um, the you know, uh, integration, you know, which was the big okie doke, if you ask me. Um, but Andy has a point too, you know, and and you can take a look at this and and, and go back for eons and eons to where you know um, this thing about ethnicity was developed or created too separate the masses from each other to, to, to help one one group of people feel as though they are better than the other ones and it has just grown and been um, um, steadily implemented to, to where we are today. So, and, and that brings me to this question right here. When are we going to realize that is uh, 90% of the issue and do something about it? You know, yeah. um, that's what I have to say. Go ahead. But Mr. Talk, I respectfully disagree with what you had to say. Okay, because I mean, we can say other things happen to other people, but we, well, I don't know, this man is somewhere else. But we're Americans. We are in America. This country was built 
on the backs of my ancestors, on their hard work and labor, their blood for real, their sweat and tears, okay? And on this land, which was stolen anyway, okay, on this land, we have been beyond disrespected and mistreated and brutalized because of our race. We are not the ones with the problem. There's nothing black people need to do. There is nothing black people need to do when it comes to race. Zero. Zero zip not out. Wow. Let me, I want to say something. Why? Because, why? Because wow. black people need to do nothing. Hold on, Andy. Nothing. I got something to say after she's finished. Because, okay, hold on, I'm almost up. Because, mm-hmm. first of all, racism, racism is a system all right? The system benefits, again, white people. Why would white people ever want black liberation? Why would they ever want equality if you know that you get a privilege in this system? That doesn't even make sense on on even a logical level. You wouldn't want equality if you know you have the advantage and you go in to get a job, to try to get a job. And now everybody's on an equal playing field, so they have equal access to resources. They have equal access to education. They have equal access in trying to get uh, certain positions. And you know that you've got to go up against black people and everybody else, and you don't get a nudge because you're a white girl or you're a white guy. They don't want that. And, And let me go back to this. Black people don't need to do anything, not one thing, when it comes to, quote, unquote, repairing racism. Black people are the nicest, the kindest, the most friendly, warming, welcoming people when it comes to other races. We always take other people in. Just look at the example. You see how torn up a lot of poor black communities are. Wow. We don't care <clears> of <throat> our own community, and we don't, go and look, we don't go and do nothing to white folks. We don't mess with y'all. Y'all come into our communities to try to destroy it and poison us and criminalize us. That's what y'all do. Black people don't bother white folks. And it's bull to sit up here and say that, hold on, and it's bull to sit up here and say that black people need to do anything in dealing with racism. Why? Let me tell you this last thing. Because we don't have the power. We don't have the power backing us in order to make your life hell like ours has been made by many white people. We don't have the ability to hire and fire. We don't have the ability to affect how the rest of your life is going to turn out. That's done by white people in this particular system. So how in the heck is it that black people need to do something about that? Well, we don't have anything. Did I, did I just tell you how much wealth we own? Did I just tell you how much resources we own? The average household wealth for a black uh, family is $5,000, but for a white family it's $100,000. Look it up. That's a fact. We have one out of three black men incarcerated in his lifetime. How are you going to say it's something black people need to do? That's a lie. All right, Renee. I'm right. Okay. Here's the thing. I, what you've said is absolutely correct over time, which you've said a lot of times. What Mish has said over time is absolutely correct, and you two are on the same page. A lot of times it seems as though you don't, you're not on the same page, but you are. It doesn't seem like you know it. But I don't see the disconnect between you and Mish and this guy, Andy. What he's saying is that, just like in all cultures, um, using race or using class is a political manipulation in order to keep the people who are on the top to stay on the top 
at the expense of the people at the bottom. In this country, it is very, very emphasized that black people are at the bottom, have been tortured, and a lot of atrocious things have been done to you. So I don't see where you and Andy and Mish have a real difference of opinion. And I don't think he's saying take race off the table in terms of black people, you should do this. I haven't heard that from him. What I've heard him say is the same thing that you said and that Mish has said, is that white people, white supremacy, are going to continue to enforce white supremacy and white privilege as long as they're in power at the expense of black people. Now, if I've gotten anything wrong about my interpretation of what I've heard you or Mish or Andy say, is it, is, does anybody have a different uh, opinion now? I mean, uh, <laughs> go ahead, Renee. No, I mean, it's just, yeah, that's, that's exactly, that's what, exactly yeah, what you said. But the. Well, but let me, white let me, let me people add are complicit. Let me add this. I know what you've said, because you've thought that Andy's going to come in here from South Africa, and he's going to say, like you said, he's been to Pan-African events, nobody's getting together. Uh-huh. Is that he's saying, you know what, a lot of it's your for black people, and you've got to get up off the dime, and, um, you know, if you had done this or if you hadn't done this, then things would have been better. I don't uh-huh. think he's saying that. He may be thinking it. I haven't heard him say it yet. All I've heard him say is, that um, in every country, and now that thing, Andy, where you brought in about other cultures with slaves, uh, it kind of weakens your argument a little bit because it seemed as though you were going in the direction of, well, if slavery happened over there and slavery's over here, well, you know, everybody's Uh got slaves. Nah, it doesn't matter if everybody's got slaves. Over here, the people who were the major recipients of atrocities, other than the Indians, were black people. And, yeah, I'm not denying that. Okay, I'm not and denying what you said is absolutely true. Hold on a second. What you said is absolutely true, where the political system, regardless of whether it's white or German, which is white, Anglo, or Saudi Arabian, or dictatorship, their goal is to keep the rich and the elite, I don't even want to call them elite, but it's going back at the top, at the expense of the people at the bottom, which is what slavery is, Jim Crow, um, the nanny state, etc. And then in this country, black people suffer more than anybody else as a result of that political manipulation. So I'm thinking, then Mitch is correct too, that if you have people who are on the top who don't give a rat's ass about who's on the bottom in charge of the people who are on the bottom, they're going to make sure that they're going to stay on the bottom. So all three of you are in agreement, although you're saying it in different ways. Now am I am I wrong? You know what's you know what's yes. really crazy, right? I'll I'll just try and end off because, because, because I don't want to was... But um you know there's some guys that I or people, ladies as well, uh in Southern Africa, a lot of people I meet. Some of these uh, people from these other countries that come into South Africa as refugees, I mean they get burned, man, with tires around them and stuff like that because people don't like them taking their jobs apparently. And they're some of the nicest people I've ever met. They're like, we're happy to be here. You haven't done anything to us. You were like 12 years old when the segregation ended. We don't have any fight with you. We appreciate you helping us out if you can. For those people that can, we appreciate you. And they work great. Like, just about every other gas station has got, like, 
in the in the store and stuff like that has got people immigrants working there, and the local people hate it. But these guys are going ahead. These guys are going up into management and so forth, and they're going forward because they don't have a beef. They don't have an issue with someone that was like 12 years old. They didn't like you know vote for the stuff or whatever, and they're like, you know what, dude, like, we, we want to work together and make this place better, and it's happening, and I'm like, yeah, that's awesome, but but from a lot of other people, like, a lot of other people, it's like, dude, I'm not in, I'm, uh, you know, you need to give me something, you owe me something, and then you don't want to work with that person, you do not want to work with someone that starts out with, you owe me, I don't care your ancestry or whatever, you owe me, who are you going to work with, so I just want to point wow. that out. Now I you're bringing in you the aspect of whatever you See, want. I, I just, know what now it you're is. bringing in that aspect with black people. It's their fault. No, I already know what it is. Uh. This is this is what I do. So <laughs> I can already tell you what the rhetoric will be and what'll be said and the same type of same type of stuff. Look, I'm gonna tell tell you this thing because you definitely don't want to work with me, and I don't want to work with you. Um, you owe me. You owe me. My people are owed money, and we want it, and we need it now. Okay? My ancestors didn't get paid for what they did. They they died for it. Very harsh death. Literally, literally working for that. Literally, not just, you know, figuratively. Seriously, they died working for that. Okay? Um, this country today, you have those big banks, Wachovia, you know, all, all of these different banks and, and financial institutions, J.P. Morgan, and so on and so on and so on and so on. Guess what? They were founded, created, built off of what money? Slave money. Okay? People, we were the first, we were the first thing on the stock market. That's a fact. You mean to tell me we're not owed any money? And you have everybody else has gotten some form of reparations except black people. Why? Why? It doesn't make any sense. And then when we look into just the outright disrespect that we've suffered, okay, when you have the redlining, okay, the purposely redlining our community, making the insurance rate sky high. Making sure there's very few amenities and resources available in the community. Very few jobs available in the community. The poor schools, they put the worst teachers there. They have less books. The children don't even have books to take home. And now they don't, they're not even up technologically. A lot of these schools are not even up technologically to um, other schools, suburban schools and so on and so forth. You have them actually, the U.S. government actually admitting to putting crack cocaine in poor black communities on purpose and knowing that you already disenfranchise people, you already discriminate against them. It's going to be very difficult for them not to do drugs or alcohol when you have your back against the wall. They know. They study psychology. They study how the mind works, how the subconscious works. They study all that. They know. And they know not everybody will do it, but enough people will do it in order to affect and destroy the community. And you mean to tell me that we don't, we don't deserve any money? You have our people in prison right now 
making things for Costco and all of these different things, even travel agencies, all kinds of things, skilled trade positions, making 10 cents an hour, mostly black people. And then they get out of jail. They can't get a job. They was working in there. I mean, I don't understand you people. I'm going to use it on y'all, you people. I don't understand you people and the way that you think. It's so diabolical, so disrespectful. Do you even have any level of empathy or understanding for what black people go through? When you walk out your door, you criminalize these young black men. You go from being a, you go from being a black boy one day, the next day you're a predator. You're a thug. They looked at Tamir Rice, a 12-year-old boy, as a grown man. That's what they looked at him as. They don't look at no 12-year-old white boy like that. He's a little boy. Yes, we we need money now. We need it now. And you, y'all need to leave us alone. Let us segregate in peace. This is what I don't understand. You all do all of this stuff to black people. You don't like black people, and you know you don't. You just use pleasantries. You're just cordial. That's it. White people are the masters of political correctness. Being behind the scenes, you know what you're saying. And I've had people tell me, I've had a a Native American woman tell me she's married to a black man. She's telling me when she goes places, white people turn to her because she looks, you know, a lot of them now look more white. And they tell her, hey, oh, my gosh. I mean, she was in line in the restaurant, standing in line. I guess it was a fast food place. And a white man in front of her turned around. You see that guy over there? He's up to something. That guy is doing something. She said, who? That black guy. That black guy is doing something. You mean my husband? He turns red as some red lipstick. Okay, that's how red he turns. She says it happens all the time. She said if black people only knew how they talk about you. But you get out here and you pretend like you're so nice and cool. And y'all all say the same things. Well, they're black on black crime. They're killing each other. That's a bunch of bull, too. That's a misnomer. So I'm sick of the nonsense. I'm sick of black people just going along to get along. I'm sick of people pretending it's all good when it's not. Now they've deflected the real issue here, which is black people being killed by the police 24-7, unarmed or not a threat or whatever, being harassed. It's called harassment. Okay? Being damn near stalked by police in our own communities. So now we're talking about the police and the Dallas police. And I've never been more proud to be a police officer. <laughs> but you don't say, why do they never come out and say, why do the police never come out in droves and say, what that officer did is deplorable, it's despicable. We don't want anything to do with that. We don't have anything to do with that. Why don't they throw them under the bus? They never throw them under the bus. I'm done. Okay, and unfortunately, we lost Andy. Uh, oh. I guess it's called. Oh, so. oh no. Yeah. Oh, no. 
Let me, uh, let, me, let me pick up the mail, Renee, uh, about money. How are, how are black people today supposed to get money? What happened to their ancestors hundreds of years ago? Hello? Hi. Can you hear me? Say that again, Joe. Oh, yeah, let's, I can hear you. Let me, you be able to hear me? Wait a minute. Let me see if I can correct this. Uh, okay, I hope this is better. Yeah. Okay. How are black people today supposed to get money in, in the form of reparations for what happened to your ancestors hundreds of years ago? Okay. I'm going to make this real sim- as simple as possible. For you people, of course. Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, what happened to what our ancestors it's an echo somewhere. Wait a minute. What happened to our ancestors? What happened to our ancestors? Okay. Is it generationally? It you were literally property, okay? You were dehumanized, all right? Now, how you go into raising your children, you're already going to be way back behind the finish line. You're not, or excuse me, the starting line. You're not starting where everybody else is starting. You're starting literally from scratch. Now, you were stripped of every ounce of cultural identity that you had, your language, your cultures, your traditions, your value system. All of that was stripped from you. So now what you have to give to your children is what the white slave masters gave to you, what they wanted you to have. You're completely disconnected with your past, with your ancestry, with your people, from where you came from. They took everything. And then they broke the people up, split them up, and sold them off. So now you have these people coming in to to children trying to raise their children. And in 1865, the supposed uh, um, abolishment of slavery, but slavery was never abolished. It was merely transitioned into the prison industrial complex. So then you had people supposedly free, but under the same damn system, under the same rules and black codes, and Jim Crow and all of the very same. Okay, Renee, I understand. I know what you're saying. Wait, you're no, 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 no. We act like this is so distant. This is not no, distant. Let me, no, if you don't, let me interrupt you for a second because you're going to go through the history again of the dehumanization. And it's how not it's, distant. That affected my life today, how I am today. That's what I want to get ancestors. to. That's what I want to we get are to. Not, we did not start at the starting line with everybody else. We're way behind because of what happened to us. I don't have any connection so to my you, real how history. How do you parse out this you money, though? You gotta pay for that. How do you parse you out this money? You gotta pay for that. How, how do, do you, as a modern-day black woman, get money? Now I know the forty acres and a mule—that was promised but never delivered. But outside uh-huh. of that, how do you figure out and how do you parse out the money of, of atrocities done to people? Not you, your ancestors, not you. How are people who are the white people who did it 100, 150, 200 years ago, how are the white people today who had nothing to do with what happened 200 years ago supposed to pay out money to the recipients, supposed recipients of slavery 
when they weren't slaves 200 years ago. What? Are you that disconnected? Do you not realize that white people today benefit from that? You benefit from the system. So how do you measure it and how do you pass it out? How do you measure all of these big banks, I mean, all of these big financial institutions that were built off of slave money, money from trading slaves, they need to divvy that money up and give it to black people. So how it do you do that? It needs to be in the billions of dollars. So that means they have to do it also to the Chinese who aren't allowed any type to, of No, rights. I'm talking about black people. I ain't talking about no damn Chinese people. They have a connection to where they come from. They were not forced here and stripped of every ounce of cultural identity. My ancestors were. Okay. But How do you, you still replace have it? that? You can't replace that. So you're going to give me as much money as you got now. So how are you going to do that, though? Who's going to be in charge of it? Who's going to measure it? Who's going to make sure that it's the right amount? Who's going to make sure that the modern-day black people today are going to be the true recipients of the right amount of money from years, hundreds of years ago? Now, you can talk about... It's not from hundreds of years ago. First of all, Uh slavery was abolished 150 years ago, okay? Now, from that time, it's not as if Blink of an eye, and black people have equality. That never happened. If you want to talk about the freaking uh, civil rights movement, how far ago was that? That was a blink of an eye ago. The stuff's not That's long true. far removed. And it was like billions and of slavery, years ago. Slavery not. went into Jim Crow, and Jim Crow also oh. had something to and Jim Crow had a lot to do with the stripping of the culture and making sure that black people weren't going to uh, mingle uh-huh. at all with white people. But again, my question is, you're, you're giving the history lesson of what happened to your people. Well, you my said, question how is, it, you said, how does it affect me? All of that stuff affects the black woman that I am today. Why do you think black people are on the bottom economically? But I just talked about black people being a permanent underclass in America. How do you think that Okay, happens? so my question is, let's ask you how are you going to measure it? You benefit from those white okay. people who are slave owners. Okay. Can I All right. say something real quick? Uh, yeah, go ahead, JC. Welcome to the show, JC. Okay. Oh, oh, this is just real quick, and then I'm gonna let Renee and Joe go back at it. I, I, I have to applaud right, Renee on what she just said. I, we usually don't agree, but when she makes sense, she makes sense. And what Joe is now doing is he's trying to put her in a position as he always do to answer this question because he, he don't, he realizes how passionate she is about it, and he knows that she basically telling the truth. But he's trying to make it more difficult on her to have her answer a question just like that to throw her off. So whatever she is basically saying, she's saying the right thing. Okay? If Joe have the answer then, if he should give the answer. She is definitely right. They, they, the banks have so much money, all they have to do is easy. It's transfer all that money into black people's accounts they have. And those that don't, guess what? Line up We'll get to you. I'm done. So is that what you're, uh, is that what you're saying, Renee? No, that's not what she's saying. That's what, that's what you're saying. Hey, that's what I'm saying. Look, you're not speak to however, it no matter what. Get right. Give us our money. Give okay, so how much money. of it and how are they going to divvy it up and who's going to decide and how much of it is going to be divvied out to whom? We just okay, want, first of all. We want, I, let me answer that real quick, Renee. Okay. Okay, this is what we want. Joe, since you want to answer, okay, divvy it all out to where they don't have anything, okay? 
and then they get the loans from us. How about that? And then they come to our bank mm-hmm. and they borrow from us. That's what they do. That's the answer mm-hmm. now. Okay. And who's going to be in charge of doing that? Hey, you know what? Let the government start off with them. And just like, hey, they, they regulate the bank so they can regulate that money. Simple uh, as that. Even, right? the U, even the U.N. committee, even the U.N. committee said that black people should be paid. This is why you see some populations, they pay them. Don't the Native Americans still get money today? Don't they still get money? Why? Because no, the white men they, came in, they don't get money today? They're on reservations. And if you're going to talk about the so-called... But uh, do they get money today? Oh, uh, they still get from the government? Yeah, but no, you yes, wouldn't want to live on their reservations. But they still get money. They have access to all the casinos hey, and everything okay. else. No, no, that's they what still, I was about to say. The they, casinos, they, don't, they, they don't own the they, casinos. They still have access to their land. Because uh-huh. even oh, though they can Jesus. come in there and take it, they can, you can all Jesus all you want. See, they have access the to their that, lands. Yeah, so yeah, they're yeah, living they the do. life of Riley. Look, no. okay. No, but no, see, no one. A, that's not a white man does. You know, it's, 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 you, I'm making it. Like, I'm making it. Different. Make money out for the back of you, and then says, "Why well, should you get anything?" I mean, it's ridiculous. I can't believe you even asked me that, Joe. I'm asking see, how you go. You know, it's it's one thing to think about. Look, this is what happened to us all throughout the centuries. And to say, we deserve this. But it's another thing to say, okay, I'm going. how do we get it? Well, I just what do you told mean, you. how do we get it? Oh, you just said it, Oh, so the government is just going to automatically, the white supremacy government is going to automatically turn around on Monday, and they're going to say, you know Nobody what? Nobody said they're going to automatically turn around on Monday. But this can That's also what, be something uh-huh. overseen by the U.N., the U.N. committee itself said that black African-Americans yeah. are due reparations. Renee, so I, don't think, do I don't think you want the U.N. to be overseeing anything. Well, no. whatever. <laughs> I want my money. <laughs> okay. You know what? They, hey, look, you know what? They gave what they needed to give to the Japanese when they put them in a prison camp. Right. They gave to and the Indians, camp, yeah. and, and they gave to the Jews. They gave to That's everybody right. the Jews. Black. The Jews is a they different story. Well, they're, they're not really Jews anyway, but they're pretending. Oh, they're not Jews anymore. They, they just went over there and took someone else's hand. But, you know, they give everybody something, and they and they overlook The Jews who got, and who got burned up happened, in concentration camps and, and, didn't get and, shit, and, as far as I remember. And, and, and what happened... We should all okay, get one you know what? It was, no, actually, you know what? It, it was actually a lot of Jews, okay, Joe, that turned on their own people. Okay, yeah. so they did get something. They turned their own people in. They turned their so own people in. So what does that got to do to with this particular argument? Okay, so oh, they I'm could gonna... get rich. Okay, but I'm not going there with that one. What I'm saying is that white people are so smug about everything. And they, so, mm-hmm. When they talk, and we talk about passion. Let me say this real quick. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. Let me say this real okay. quick. But you said smug. When you said smug, that triggered me. Because you act like it's your money. You act like it's your money. Like, black people are still out here working every day. Like I said, the money didn't come off of the back of black people in the first place. That's really our money. So you're talking about, wow, the money. It's our money. 
Like, black people have not done anything for the, to contribute to this freaking country. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. Again. See, that's what white people do. Hold on. This is what, this is what you people do. You, people, you sit there okay. in a position. Why yes, do you have to, sit, you you have to be so hurtful? You, oh, right. <laughs> you sit there in a position. You sit there in a position. Okay, of, well, why do you, as if it is white people's own personal money, like it belongs to them, and we have to explain to them. We're owed the money. Well, look, you're the one who's making the statement that the uh, black people today deserve the money. Yes. That, right, and, but you're not coming up with a figure, and you're not coming Listen, up with the way that it's done. All the, we you're just coming told up with you. The, this is what the U.N. said. The U.N. said that uh-huh. African Americans should be due uh, um, reparations now for slavery, a crime against humanity. This is what the UN committee. I, thinks. you know, I'm not. Look, I'm not against people getting reparations. I'm not against people getting their due. If you hit, if you <laughs> stub your toe on the sidewalk, the city, if you have a lawyer and a half, the city will pay you five hundred thousand really? dollars. Okay. You I'm asking a simple a question, and you're sorry, huh? What? Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I'm not talking to you, Renee. You you have this attitude about you people. Okay. Well, it's true. <laughs> you all say it too. <laughs> the first time that Renee's ever said that, you people. I, you must be pissed, Renee. Yeah. Mm. Well, no, I was going based off of that other guy who was on the line. <laughs> so, okay, so let me let me as a smug outsider, okay. Just ask the question. I'm just asking the question. How is this going to? Because I've read, I've done a little research on this. Because you know, you know, this is not the first uh, discussion that I've ever been in about reparations. And people who have been the recipients of atrocities by a group of people should definitely be paid some kind of compensation to make up for those atrocities. I'm asking, how is somebody going to figure in a, in a political system? which uh, is manipulating people to keep the people at the top. How is that going to happen? And all of a sudden, I'm getting uh, arrows uh, shot in my chest just for asking the question. Well, I'm going to tell you this. I don't know every particular of all of the fine, all of the fine, fine details uh-huh. of reparations, but I will tell you that my people are due money. We are due money. That's what's important. Now, once we can get that affirmed, we need money. The money's there. I don't care what they say. The money is there in these financial institutions. We know this. They just don't want to give it to black folks, okay? But we deserve the money. I'm not going to – I can't give you a plan laid out. All right, on every percentage yeah. And the money pool from here and there. No. Okay, I can't give you that. Okay, Renee, I want, I want you to officially say I don't like Joe. Never liked him, never will. Uh, I, just, I can't stand you, Joe. Is your name Renee? You act like a woman, but is your name Renee? You uh, know, you probably look like oh, one. I can tell uh, you because I, like I just one. don't like yeah. white people. So I can tell you. you don't don't like, right. I okay. not. You right. can't control my right. voice. Uh, Renee. No. <laughs> I don't dislike well, like you at all. I'm just, you know, speaking on behalf of okay. what actually happened. All right, I'm just what happened mm-hmm. and why we deserve which I feel like is is should be self-explanatory. But I've seen and had conversations with people online, white white folks, who say, "Why do you guys think you deserve any money?" And I almost want to come through the computer screen, but I can't. So I have heard, you know, right. that a lot. So 
Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Hold on. All right. We're going we're gonna to end it right there, and we're going to give you a chance to get your last words in. Uh, very interesting. Very interesting conversation, to say the least. All right. So, last in, first out. JC, your last words, sir. Yeah, you motivated me. I'm going to download your your BTR. I'm going to put it on my YouTube, and I'm going to say what I need to say because you mute me all the time. So I'm going to tell you where my YouTube is because you muted me. And I'm going to say what I need to say, and I'm going to make my comments on that because that was not fair for you to mute me when I was talking to him. No, I don't like him, and no one's going to ever make you me like him. But I'm going to download your stuff tonight on BTR, yeah. and I'm going to say what I need to say. Yeah. Man, get your panties oh, out a bunch. Ain't nobody. All right, hey. you have a great week, my brother. Of Are you I through? Do. But I'm Are always you through? through, but I'm still going to download your mask because it wasn't fair. That's good. So I'm done. I'm out of here. Thank you have you. a nice weekend. <laughs> you too. Bye. Oh, Lord have mercy. All right, Renee, you're up, darling. Yeah, I was just saying, um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't have any. Um, Hatred or any um, <clears throat> of that sort, anybody has nothing to do to do with that. The issue is that um, we are mistreated, we are disrespected, and this has a historical uh, co-reference for that. And I'm just tired of it. I'm just tired of like the things that my family, my grandparents, my mom, everybody has had to go through, and then I'm going through the very same things. Um, I just don't understand why we cannot segregate um, in peace, meaning that you all leave us alone. We we won't bother you. Um, You have, like, Wall Street, of course, black people within ourselves doing our own thing, living in our own communities, nice, nice, nice communities. What happens? They come in, they bomb it. For what? Nothing but jealousy. Like, this is what we have dealt with forever. I don't understand this idea. Y'all treat black people bad, but then y'all don't want us to be separated from you. I don't get that. You take everything from us. You take our music. You take everything. You relabel it. You redistribute it. And now you're attached to it. So when people look back at rock and roll, oh, Elvis and this and that. No, Elvis took that from black people. Okay? They're not going to tell you that. They're not going to tell you the names of the black artists that he stole from and the black songwriters he had and the black uh, musicians who put the songs together and the dance moves he was copying. They're not going to tell you that. They're going to say Elvis. When they talk about jazz, we're going to talk about the jazz, the the, the um, cool jazz, the West Coast jazz, the white artists. That's who you see now, Dave Cobb and different people. That's who they promote. The white women, uh, Diana Krall or whatever, these different white people who are doing jazz music. They put them as the face. They don't tell you about the history, where it came from, and who took it. Same thing with hip hop now. Eminem, right? Oh, people been Eminem ain't he's not even all that. First of all, as a rapper, and I'm not saying that because he's white. He's not. So, I mean, we it's time and time again. Y'all take everything from us and then say, 
It's just music. Anybody can do it. It's just dance. Anybody can do it. Y'all do the same things over and over and over, and y'all all benefit from it, and we don't. That's the problem. And black people sit here, and another big problem is black people who sit here and make excuses for white people. They will fight you harder than white people will fight you because they want to justify everything that y'all do, and I'm sick of that too. So it's just a lot going on. I guess tensions and emotions are high, so I will leave it there. But we are through our money. Run me my money. Peace. Mr. Talk, have a great weekend, everybody else. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Renee. You have a great weekend as well, darling. All right. Last but not least, Joe, you're up. Yeah, well, I'm going to be nice and short and sweet again today. There's a lot that I could say, I guess. But um, I would rather I'd rather go on Renee's show if she ever decides to pick up you people. <laughs> that ought to piss her off for the rest of the weekend. <laughs> Uh, and um, have a debate with her there. But other than that, just everybody have a good good weekend, and I'll see you when I see you, Eric. That's it for me. All right. Thank you. All right. Okay. I want to thank everybody for participating in the show today. Um, it's been a good show. It has. It's been interesting, to say the least. A lot of great information, lots of points of view. That's all you can ask for. That's all you can ask for. Um, hmm. Reparations, shootings, political nonsense. Hey, we we had it all. We had it all. Um, I guess it's up to you, the individual, to decide, you know, what side you're on. Or are you just in the middle? Only you can decide that. Only you can decide that. All right, y'all, that's going to do it for me. I'm going to get up out of here. Um, it's been fun. Everybody have a great weekend, and we'll be back doing it again Monday at 2 p.m. Central, 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific. This has been Let's Talk on Ball Talk Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Talk, saying see you later. And um, I guess we're going to go out of here with a little bit of Frankie Beverly and Maze. We are one. Until Monday, y'all, y'all have a good one. We out.